Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Fahey, joining me as ever... A thinker, a stinker, PP drinker, hot bodied cum god, Aaron Josephita. <laughs> to his right, my left, handsome young son of a bitch just passed a birthday. Oh, yes. Young Matt Brousseau. Thank you, John. Wonderful. Wonderful. What is your middle name again? Joseph. Oh, Me too. What the fuck? Matthew Joseph Carrasco Brousseau. I thought you had like a mad uh, French middle name. No, Joseph is French. Like LeBlanc. That was Matthew. Matt so White. <laughs> to Matt's right mm-hmm. and my left, very, very good looking man. Oof, I love this guy. Oof. Oh my God. Man, good thing I have this cum plug in. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, yeah. Because your cum stinks. <laughs> Dude, like a fine aged LeBlanc count, <laughs> Gruyere. I got a LeBlanc. It's like that ancient uh, fromage LeBlanc. Cum. That provolone nut. Yikes. Uh, Mr. Joe K. Hi. Thank you for being here. Of course. Hey, Joe. Uh, Joe K. Hey, is, a, Joe. is a, a fine young stand up comedian, um, a host of the Canteen Points show, mm-hmm. which is like the most reliably good show, is it not? Mm-hmm. It is. We're like every it really Thursday. Is. You so much. It's. I mean, really, you do a really good job, and and but, but, you and Ian Ager. Yeah, you and Ian. Yeah, uh, and really, Ian. it's really always very good. Thank I, you. I, I really recommend it a lot, and um, it's really really funny to me how mad you get when people don't show up, and I think that's why it's reliably mm. good. Yeah, yeah. Because, I piss you off because you're yeah. It's like like I think people are really like. What more do I have? To, what more do I have to fucking do? I know. I know. What <laughs> more do I have to do? I'm gonna book really, really funny comics. I'm gonna give opportunities for my friends to get up on that stage with those I very know, funny I comics. I know. It's fuck it's, you if you don't show, show up. up. Show up. Yeah, it's There's really no good. There's no drink minimum for comics to get on stage. And it's it, like, it's excuse just, me. It's a good room. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets all the the pre karaoke people in, so mm-hmm. there's like real audience. And it's just a tight room, and it's just run really well. Thank you, man. It's an awesome show. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um. And you are going to be doing a profile today. I am. Uh, very, very excited about that. Yeah. Before that, I just want to uh, say, uh, get involved with the Patreon. That's right. Aaron Explains It All is on there. Mm-hmm. I thought this was funny. My new little show where I interview people about what they think is funny. Connections. Connections, Connections. with young Matt Rousseau. And uh, we're doing uh, Chopped Up Jukebox mm-hmm. music program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are doing uh, just random other profiles that we don't do on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we just like fucking shoot the shit, shoot talk the about shit. comic books. Yeah, yeah. That's what always happens when mm-hmm. we shoot the shit. It's, uh, apparently, it's, apparently. it's, yeah, it's a good time. There's another show a week mm-hmm. that you can get for five bucks a month. And you're missing out because you cheat. Yeah. And, <laughs> or broke. And, and also, you're a fucking pig. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a, pig. You're a filthy pig. pig. Yeah. You're a filthy little pig. Yeah. A little, a little, <laughs> a little, a little snot punk. <laughs> I'm going to chase you around the house and beat you. Yeah, with a sock full of with walnuts. A towel. Yeah. Yeah. With, with a whippy with a towel. With a cotton full of walnuts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please get involved with that. Um, and uh, Matt, you're wearing a fine t-shirt. My name is Aaron. Your name is... Whatever, oh I, God. God. whatever I say it is. That's exactly right. That's thank exactly you, thank right. you, John. I do, I do like this shirt. Shout out to uh, listener, super listener Melissa for sending the I Love Pee shirt. Can you yes. see it? The H is silent. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny because not only does the shirt fit, but I love pee Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, I'll the, prove it to you. If the shirt fits. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and uh, you have a, a very special shout out. Oh, as shout well. out to my aunt, uh, super fan listener of the show, Beatrice. Oh. Uh, she Beatrice just, Pita. That's right. That's exactly right. That's a great name, mm-hmm. isn't it, Gedge? She just oh, retired. That's a great she name. listens to the show. It's no. very, very yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's so she cool. She should not. She's no, the smartest no. person it's I know. You a cum god. You called me a cum god. Yeah, no, she does not call me that. Uh, but <laughs> and I said it stunk later. Some gods. Uh, uh, smartest person I know. This is the dumbest show I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just retired after thirty some years of teaching at the university. California, San Diego. Wow. Way to go, Beatrice. Kudos to you. Very, very, very nice. Sleep in. Sleep in. Yeah, sleep fuck in. It. Fuck it. Sleep you know, in. drink some piss. Yeah. And mm-hmm. take, you know, sleep in. Take mm-hmm. one for yourself. Yeah. Just I love it. go for a stroll, wave to the neighborhood rubber slave in yeah. the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, give a finger to the slow kids at play on your street. Yeah. She'll get that. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a sign on her street. <laughs> that says slow children at play. Oh, that's one of my favorite signs in the world. When I was driving there with my brother one time when he was a kid, he was like, oh, slow children at play. I was like, <laughs> sounds like it's talking about you, buddy. It was the, the one my fucking grandpa. Anytime he saw it, he'd be like, ah, oh, slow deaf kid lives here. <laughs> <laughs> slow, slow, because it's like slow deaf child. Oh, God. So it's like. But oh. instead, you're like, oh, there's a... It's a slow deaf child. I mean... There's a slow deaf kid. Oh, this is why we need commas on deaf, road signs. Yeah. Slow deaf yeah. kid lives here. No, I mean, deaf dog. Be, what was it? Beware? Caution, deaf dog? Oh, yeah. Up in Wallala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two-headed dog! <laughs> Two-headed dog! What, uh, what are you going to do about a deaf dog? Absolutely not. You can't get a beep at him. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to what do. What do you want me to do? Point at him. Just, <laughs> hey, you. Turn on a disco <laughs> ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 a bat signal? <laughs> just flash the bat signal in the air. It's dinner time. <laughs> and it just says, walk, walk, walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, not Matt. Thank you for thinking me, though. Joe K. Joe? Uh, it's all about you. It's your Thank birthday you. week. <sighs> Hey Joe, Hi. you want to share Joe. a profile with oh us? Oh my God! Very. I I've been in, I've been looking forward to this for uh, quite some time. I yeah. am. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Before we start, I just want to say, like, truly, this is one of my favorite podcasts in the Aww. world. Appointment listening for me, oh, and this is such you. an honor to be here to talk oh, to you guys. Oh, that's so uh, nice. It's very nice. It's really, this is like probably the coolest thing that people that I know do. Oh, oh yes, oh, truly. You're so, so right. I'm really excited. <laughs> I've always said I you're really smart. Right. I'm and exactly right. Taste. So good exactly looking. Right. So good looking. Um, so I'm here today to talk to you guys about the infamous Valerie Jean Solanus, mm-hmm. who you may have heard that name out there. She is the woman who wrote the Scum Manifesto in the 1960s. Maybe like commonly known as like. Uh, like an inventor of that second wave militant feminism mm. and the woman who shot Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to get, let's get right into it. Let's do it. We have a lot to talk about. So, <clears throat> so Valerie Solanus was born uh, in 1936 in April to a 21 year old bartender named Louis Solanus uh, and an 18 year old dental assistant named Dorothy Biondo. Uh, Biondo? <laughs> Biondo. B-I-O. Wow. B-I-O-N-D-O. Biondo. What is she? Is she from Parts Unknown? (laughs) (laughs) She run Battle World? (laughs) Uh, Her father was born in Montreal to parents who immigrated from Spain, and her mother was an Italian-American of Genoan and Sicilian Ah, descent. Do we know what part of Spain? 
I don't know what That's part of Spain. That's very interesting. I yeah, the one that know. moves to Montreal, apparently. Uh, Some pedigree. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, good, good people, good stock from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her mother was uh, born in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, at the, so at the time of Valerie's birth, they were both living uh, at 104 South Frankfurt Street in Ventant City, New Jersey. Uh, and Valerie's last name on her birth certificate says Salinas. It was wow. a misspell. I was a misspelling, as does her father. S O L A N U S. Solanus. Solanus, and it's uh, Solanus it's with A S. There's only so, one anus in this um, household. Her name, uh, uh, according to her biography, her last name was also misspelled on the police report when she uh, shot Andy. So wow. that's, people were misspelling her fucking name her whole goddamn life. So oh, that's... You want to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. it makes, yeah, you, want, it makes you want to fucking shoot someone. Um, so two years after she was born, uh, her sister Judith was born. And then uh, another couple of years after that, her parents separated and then eventually got divorced in 1947 when Valerie was 11. Uh, so Valerie said that uh, uh, her father had repeatedly sexually <coughs> abused her throughout her life. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. Good, not good. No. Um, but Valerie, she obviously she was living with her mother, who then remarried uh, two years, two years, yeah, two years after the divorce to a piano tuner named Red Moran. <laughs> Red Moran. Red Moran. It's, uh, it's an Irish name. Is that a quote? Is it? Yeah, Moran is an Irish. Is that name. right? Yeah. And, and uh, your fucking piano's a oh, bit fucked up. And also, a real the, lucrative career. I have to get under the hood and see what I can do. <laughs> Whatever happened to the piano tuners of the world? I know. Yeah, well, they all drank themselves to death. <laughs> to death. Um, was that, but was he a quote piano tuner or was that actually this? No, it was just a piano tuner. Okay. It just, it, yeah, no quotes around it. We mm-hmm. just, so, so he's re- not like in the like a, yeah. uh, <laughs> This is um, red. He tunes pianos. He's here to tune my piano again. I oh. think he works for the mob. <laughs> so you mean, obvi- the, you mean the guy who tunes our pianos? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Valerie not doesn't have a great relationship uh, with men already. So she doesn't care for her stepfather at all. And this is like where she begins to like rebel against uh, authority and society. She had a lot of difficulty in school. She attended the Holy Cross Academy, where she would write insults to children to use on one another. <sighs> She, and they, they would, you give this to him like that? And oh. they cost for the cost of a dime. So kids would pay her to write insults for them to, like, fucking, already fucking oh, just getting out good. there. that's That's really good. H- hustling. I've, never, I've never heard of such a thing. Absolutely hustling and, uh, from childhood. Remember, she's like 11 years old. She's yeah. fucking hustling. No, at this point, so she's like 13. She's already hustling kids for a dime. Uh, she's and she, writing roast battles yeah, yeah, already. Yeah. At school. This one's worth 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what I call him a filthy pig? Because imagine being the teacher. This is gold. The teacher's like, these kids are are fucking great. Fucking at this. killing this. Wow, I can't believe how many smart writers we have. Uh, ruthless. Fucking ruthless kids. Uh, so she uh, she beat up a boy once in high school who was bothering a younger girl, uh, and she also assaulted a nun. So oh. naturally, she was removed from Catholic school and wow. transferred to a public school. Uh, so also because of her rebellious behavior in 1949, her mother sent her to live with her grandparents. Mm-mm. Just here, you fucking take her. I'm fucking sick of this. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, not only was she bullied in public school, Solanus also said that her grandfather was a violent alcoholic who often beat her. Oh, right? So just, she's just getting a fucking, it's rough from yeah. like the get go for her. I promise this gets lighter as we go. No, no, no. I mean, it's, I mean any, <laughs> a, a, any old historical thing is just uh, alcoholism. Yeah, uh, it's going to be bad. Yeah, molestation. Uh, yeah. Always. Oh, she grinding uh, bark too? <laughs> oh, we're talking about a woman who's, who birthed militant feminism. I wonder if that, what a relationship with men growing yeah. up was. <laughs> 
Um, so then she was sent to boarding school in 1950 where she stayed for two years. Uh, it was there that she had her first lesbian sex and her yeah. first child. They're not connected. Um, what? <laughs> Holy shit. I yeah. mean, I mean... Catholicism right there. In two years? Within, within, yeah. She stayed for two years, and within those two years, she had her first lesbian lesbian yeah. experience and had her first child. Jesus. Um, her daughter, Linda, was raised as, she gave birth to Linda Moran in 1951, and she was 14 at the time when she had her first kid. God, Holy damn fuck. She named the daughter Linda, and she was raised as her sister, only to discover that she was her daughter in adulthood. Ah, uh, that's like uh, Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson, he really? was, yeah, Jack Nicholson, his mother, he was raised as his mother's brother by his grandmother uh-huh. for a long Shit. time. I've been watching the wrong kind of porn. <laughs> I'm actually a mom guy. I thought, I thought I was a sister guy. Sis. Oh, brother. What? You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, sis, mom, sis, mother, sister, brother, <laughs> slapping her around. For all I know, she could be my fucking grandmother. <laughs> could be fucking like that. Uh, so the, the identity of Linda's father is unknown, uh, but in the biography of Valerie, um, the, uh, the author of that, uh, Brianne Foz, uh, I'm going to assume that's how you say that. It's F-A-H-S, so I'm just going to say Foz. Yeah. The Foz. Um, so uh, Brianne Foz raised the possibility that either Valerie's father or the stepfather could be the father of the child for the amount the amount that she was abused. Jesus. Um, uh, like he, came in, had, he like came in for like parents weekend? <laughs> I guess so. The boarding school? Wow. Could have been. Um, it was her father had sexually abused her like so much when she was a child, but no one knows how long that abuse continued. Like no one knows how Jesus. while while she was still kind of being bounced around from home from home and to school to school, no one has <sighs> any idea how much she was uh, abused. Um in the uh la, 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 la. sorry, I lost. Did my her mom place. know? I mean probably probably, probably. But she was probably getting beat too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. There's oh yeah, so the extra so there was the Sorry, I this really fucked me up reading this because I like it's I fucking reiterated on this thing like so many times in this one paragraph and I don't know why. Um, so yeah, after all of that, she had the her first kid. It's bad being raised as her sister. Uh, no one like literally no one was ever able to know, but because of like I said, the bouncing around, you have no yeah. idea. It could have been either one. <laughs> um, so she ended up leaving boarding school uh, and she gave birth to another child. Uh, she became pregnant in the summer of 1952 after beginning a relationship with an old sailor. Uh-huh. Um, a baby wow. boy named David was born on uh, March 31st, 1953. Uh, he was handed over to the parents of the sailor, the Blackwells, to look at uh, to look after in their home in D.C. And Valerie lived on and off with the Blackwells until she graduated from Oxon Hill High School in 1954. Huh. Oh, my God. Just uh, the parents of the old sailor? Of the old sailor. So these are some old these people. These are some old. Wow. Fucking people. Um, according to David, the Blackwells were allowed to keep him and raise him as their own as long as they paid Valerie's tuition at the University of Maryland. Wow, hey, that's, that's okay. a good deal. Hustling, that's a always fucking yeah. hustling. It's a good kid. That's a that's a four year degree kid that you <laughs> yeah, got there. Yeah. And if you ever need to make fun of him, I got some stuff. <laughs> <like that. laughs> so I got some great jokes about his mom and his dad. <laughs> she stopped visiting him when he was four years old, and he did not learn the identity of his own mother until 1993. <sighs> And this is years after she died. He learned that he was the daughter of uh, the daughter, the son of uh, of Valerie Solanus at the age of forty. Holy um, fucking David, shit! David is still alive. 
Uh, and he and he is known for taking underwater photographs of women in swimsuits and occasionally poses with them as merman. And I've got a picture <laughs> right here that I'm going to pass and show you guys. Merman. 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 So there's what that to look at. That's fuck? fucking. It's wild. It's nuts. It's dumb. <laughs> he. He looks like every guy from the 70s who is over 40. Yeah. Yes. It's like bald, hairy chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is uh, that actor. Um, uh, that really... David Koechner? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like Stanley Tucci and the Lovely Bones. Like... <laughs> but he doesn't have David like Blackwell, a... He doesn't have a... David Blackwell, Merman. He doesn't have a tail or anything. He's just... No, no, he's just, no. just underwater. A dude. Yeah, we're... Just a dude underwater. Underwater Where's photography... The cosplay? <laughs> Wow, weird, man. People are into strange stuff. Oh, and this is, I'll hold it up for the camera, David Blackwell posing with Olga is yeah, the name yeah, of the of model. Course, of course of it is. Of course it's Olga. So, <clears throat> Valerie graduated from the University of Maryland at College Park in 1958 with a degree uh, in psychology. She entered a master's program in psychology at the University of Minnesota. Did and she have to have a kid to pay for the grad degree? Uh, you know what? You'd think. You'd think she would have popped out <laughs> she a third took out one. A loan. <laughs> she took out a loan. Um, Wait, you can do that? So, but she dropped out. Of, uh, so she went to the University of Michigan in the autumn of '58 and dropped out after like just a year. So she h hitchhiked around the country and ended up in Berkeley, California, in the summer of 1960. Hey, swinging time. This exactly. is when she started writing her play, "Up Your Ass." Oh, that's my place. <laughs> no, that's not a play, Aaron. Oh, well, I play. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a move. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that she was starting to write that in, from sixty to sixty-one, and then in uh, sixty-one to sixty-two, she apparently uh, attended another graduate school. This time in Jersey for at least a year, but no one knows like what school. This is just she's said that she went to right. another grad school. Yeah. Um, so while living in Jersey, she would take the bus to visit New York uh, and particularly in Greenwich Village. She moved to New York in the summer of 62. That's, yeah, um, that's the time to be there. Initially staying in a women's residence hotel. She listed its address on a postcard she sent uh, to her father as the 350 West 88th Street. According to her biography, Valerie spent the next three weeks, uh, three years, three weeks, three years from 62 to 65, working, writing, and living around Greenwich Village. Uh, in a near constant struggle to make ends meet and to feed herself, she became a pro at bumming cigarettes, talking herself, talking others into buying her a quick meal and selling conversation. Holy yeah, she, she's been selling conversation her hey, whole life. She literally would. She'd yeah. be like, give me a dime and I'll talk to you for give, 10. Give like, me a I'll dime give you and good, you can make fun of this I'll give you a good idiot. conversation. Yeah. No, she would literally, like people would <laughs> pass her on the street. She'd be like, give me a dime. I'll talk. I'll give you a good conversation for five minutes. This yeah. reminds me, uh, sign up for our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Enjoying this content. Uh, we've got plenty of other episodes. Yeah, just so much like a lot of conversation. this type of conversation. Yeah. Like, what are you, she's like walking around like, what are you going to talk to your husband? Right. You think he's got anything new to say? funny that you say that because according to sources, like she did dabble in prostitution at the time but her family denies it aha uh -huh. so she did, she did. absolutely yeah. She's staying up. She's living in a she's fucking women's residence selling hotel. Selling conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Selling yeah. conversation. Two parts. Let's have a conversation in this room. Mm -hmm. So uh, by the by, late 1965, she was living in room 606 at the Chelsea Hotel. Oh, She'd wow. be there for a while. She would be there for a minute. Like this is where a lot of the most interesting parts of her life transpired while while she was living in the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. Um. So she finished up your ass in 1965 with the full title Up Your Ass or From the Cradle to the boat or the big suck or 
up from the slime. And what I've done today is I've brought in some copies of scenes oh. from Up Your Ass. Oh, very for nice. For us to maybe read through. These are my sides. <laughs> These are our sides. Oh, up Your Ass from Cradle to the Boat. So the big suck. Up she from dedicates, the slime. She dedicates this play to me, a continuous source of strength and guidance, <laughs> and without whose. <laughs> Without whose unflinching loyalty, devotion, and faith, this play never have been written. Oh Additional God. acknowledgments, myself, for proofreading, editorial comment, helpful hints, criticisms, and suggestions, and an exquisite job of typing. <laughs> I, for the independent research into men, married women, and other degenerates. This is hilarious. The characters in order of appearance, Bongi Perez. Ah, uh, Bongi. Passersby, Spade Cat, White Cat. Mm, I wonder which is which. I wonder. Mm. Alan Kuntz. Alan Kuntz. Waitress, Ginger, Russell, Miss Collins, Scherzerzad, Teacher, Arthur, Little Boy. Is Alan Kuntz the dad of Dean Kuntz? Probably. Okay. Author of such books as Watchers. Time. <laughs> Time. The present. Afternoon. Place, a large American city, the sidewalk. So I was thinking. Oh, the sidewalk, um, you say? Oh, just the sidewalk. So I was thinking what we could do here is Matt, would you like to read <clears throat> the role of Bongi? Yes, please. Uh, and then that means, Aaron, you're going to be Spade Cat. Oh, good. John, yeah. you're White Cat, and I'll take care of the stage directions and other characters. Okay. Is this like a Spade Cat, like I've been Spade? No, Black Cat. Oh, We're talking black hat, white cat. Nice. Uh-huh. Uh, and before we begin, I will say the word faggot is used many times. Oh, and I, yes. as a gay person, give everybody in the room full permission and artistic <laughs> license you. to Thank say you. it. So let us begin. <laughs> bon scene one. This is how the play opens, by the way. It's the very first moments. Bongi Perez, dressed in khaki pants, a loud plaid sports jacket, and tennis shoes, is loitering on the steps of the apartment building where she lives, and next to which is an uh, elegant restaurant with a sidewalk patio, a broad passes by. <laughs> Hello, beautiful. The broad ignores her. Stuck up, bitch. A second broad passes by. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous. The broad ignores her. Oh, my. But aren't we the high-class ass? You got a twat by Dwar? Dior. Dior. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Me and Joe get it. <laughs> a third broad passes by. Bongi blocks her path. The broad moves to the side and to bypass Bongi, but Bongi moves with her, still blocking her. The broad moves to the other side, but Bongi blocks her again. Give me a kiss, I'll let you pass. Uh, so, uh, Martin, this girl, she won't let me pass. Come on, come on, girly, let her pass. Hey, Jim Dandy, do the rescue. She continues to block the broad's path. If this is your idea of humor, let me assure you, it is not. He pushes Bongi aside. Ooh, you so big and strong, Martin. He and his broad stalk up the street. She's all yours, Jim Dandy. She's not really my type. Two cats, one white and one spade. Remember, black. Who, uh, who's, been who's been watching the action from a few feet away. Approach. Hey, can I be your type for just one night? We'll have a boss time together. I'm a man of deeply passionate heart and soul. Heart and soul, my ass. All your passion's concentrated in your dick. But that's a mighty fine dick. You should try it sometime, motherfucker. <laughs> Broad passes by. Hey, dig the ass on that. I needn't be reminded to dig the ass on that. That's a mighty fine ass. He looks at Bongi's ass. And yours ain't all that bad. You may consider that a high compliment. Being I'm a connoisseur of asses, there's nothing nearer or dear to my heart than a big, soft, fat ass. <laughs> because it matches your big, soft, fat head? 
You have no grounds for sarcasm. You're in the same AAA club we are, amalgamated ass watchers of America. Oh, t-shirt. You're wrong. I'm not a watcher. I'm a woman of action. You think I'm not a man of action? See this chick coming along? Watch me move in. He he approaches the flashy, wild-looking chick who walks by. Why are girls called chicks? After all, men have the peckers. Pardon me, miss. Forgive this intrusion, but I seem to recall having seen you somewhere before. Beat it, little boy. Go play with your yo-yo. She walks up to a store window a few paces down the street where she stops to look at the display. Man, you ain't moving in, out or sideways. You're standing still. You guys don't know how to operate. You gotta have finesse. You gotta be smooth, suave. Now step aside and let a man operate. He approaches the check. Good evening, goddess. (laughs) Forgive me what sound like mere hyperbole, but to me, you are a goddess. I can well understand your reaction. You've captured the inner me. (laughs) Is that Boy Scout over there a friend of yours? A mere acquaintance, but enough of an acquaintance for me to know he's not all a man for you. His technique is as washed out as his skin. And yours as intense as yours? You're perceptive. (laughs) (laughs) It might just be interesting. You strike me as a man who may very well appreciate the finer qualities of a woman. I am indeed. I'm a connoisseur of finer qualities. Shall we adjourn to my pad where we can peruse these qualities at leisure? Love to. They walk off together, making get-acquainted conversation as they go. I may as well turn in my yo-yo. All the swinging chicks are either queer or they go with spades. <laughs> a white man doesn't stand a chance nowadays. What are we stuck with? All the fish. <laughs> scene. Wow. So that's the first. That is the first scene that of is, comes this play. Out hard. It really um, does. If we'd, if we'd like to continue, I just have a couple of more quick of ones. Of course. Absolutely. So the second scene, Matt, if you'd like to continue playing Bongi, uh-huh. uh, that'd be great. Um, if you, Aaron, if you want to take on the role of Sherazad. Ah, oh, yes, Sherazad. I will play that. And Matt, you can play Miss. Con- not Matt. Uh, John, you can play Miss Collins, so, and I'll do the stage lady. directions yeah. again. Uh, so here's the second. I know, this wasn't the second scene of the show. I just kind of went through, grabbed the you beginning, the something cho- in the, the middle, and yeah, then yeah, the yeah. very yeah. end. Love that. Um, so Bongi comes running back around from another alley, then resumes her seat on the steps. She notices someone she knows approaching from down the street. Miss Collins! Hi, Miss Collins! Miss Collins, a made-up, bitchy-looking drag queen, <laughs> swishes on. Hello, Angel. He kisses her. Pet, you look simply exquisite. You do. You look good enough to eat. Now tell me how I look. He struts and poses. Good enough to eat? I couldn't say I'm vegetarian. Oh, God, look who's... Just ignore her. She is without a doubt the most garish, tasteless faggot I've ever run across. I'm ashamed to be seen on the street with her. Look at her. 1965 and she's wearing wedgies. Sherazad swishes on. Hello, Bongi, love. He kisses her. Mm. And hello to you too, Miss Collins. Don't you dare touch me. You know, I just noticed Sherazad's got an ass like a girl. Oh, do I? Do I? He struts his ass. How about mine? Look at mine. He struts his ass. Nah, you got a skinny ass. Sherazad sticks his tongue out at Miss Collins. But look at it when I walk. It makes a big difference. He walks and struts his ass. Nope, it's still a skinny ass. All right, so you can't have everything. What else is there? You better watch how you sit, Miss Thing. After all, we're still men. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I face reality, and our reality is that we're men. You are what you look like. You know, you are very pretty for a boy. What do you mean, for a boy? <laughs> Look, not to brag, but I know what I've got. Do you know where you've got it? It's between your legs. Ooh, 
she's so vile, Miss Trashy Ass. Maybe so, but at least I never wear gold eye glitter to an afternoon mixer. <laughs> anyway, it's true, 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 and you know it's true. You jump right in the sack after a piece of pussy. I am a piece of pussy. <laughs> That's just what I've always said. You have a face like a twat. Twat face, twat face. Ooh, I despise faggots. Shall I tell you a secret? I despise men. Oh, why do I have to be one of them? Do you know what I'd like more than anything in the world to be? A lesbian. Then I could be the cake and eat it too. You're too insensitive to appreciate the nobility of Dorian relationships. Myself, I've had the most beautiful, inspiring affairs. Some affairs, three minutes behind the bush, one and a half minutes apiece. I'm sick of you always taking something fine and good and making it dirty. <laughs> he belts Miss Collins with his purse. Don't you hit me, Snake! He pushes Sherazad hard, causing him to reel backwards. Just don't ever hit me! He pushes Sherazad hard again, causing him to reel even further back. Miss Collins keeps pushing Sherazad further down the street. I didn't hit you all that hard you better stop hitting me or you'll be sorry officer <laughs> officer this thing she's goosing me with her eyebrow pencil <laughs> their, vo their voices fade away <laughs> <laughs> and now these are the these are the, <laughs> these are the last two and a half pages of the play um, oh so uh, we just have I think it's just two characters so why don't we you know Matt continue your bongi okay uh, and bongi Perez <laughs> oh, John, is oh, there, is there another? Um, <laughs> I knew a Bonnie Leibovitz back in college. <laughs> Matt, uh, so you're going to be that. Aaron, you be Arthur. Okay. And, uh, John, you play Boy. I be Arthur. I, I, and, play, I'll, and I'll do play. the stage directions John, again. John Boy. <laughs> So, yeah, so this is the last two and a half pages of the entire play. This is this goes on. This Final is about scene. like a 50, 60 page thing. This is insane. This it's, is the climax. It's great. It's really just like a lot of people hanging out talking shit. Yeah, yeah. for really a dime fun. a piece. Yeah. Yeah. This is hilarious. Yeah. This is bullshit. All right, I let's get it. it. So here we go. Bongi, take it away. Very fucky world we live in. My only consolation is that I'm me. Vivacious, dynamic, single, and a queer. Oh, you're one of those. I've always wanted to meet one of those. <laughs> what say you and me bald tonight? I bet you'd be a crazy lover. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? Actually, I'm a lousy lover. I'm too good a talker. Ah, come on. I bet you're a titillating bundle of eroticism. <laughs> I used to be, but I'm all titillated out. I decide I want to live on my feet, not my ass. And anyway, you're not my type. Too bad. I'd love to get you alone. That's why you're not my type. I can't be gotten when alone. You mean you like to do it in public? Do what? <sighs> Whatever's to be done. Must something always be done? Well, it does put a little zing into life. How the hell do you spend your time anyway? Well, when I was a kid, I hung out in the street. Then I got more sophisticated. Hung out in bars. Now I'm more sophisticated yet. I hang around the street. But you don't have any private life? No such thing. What are you, communist or something? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're gonna get into this. There is a page left. Uh, yeah. I'm a very people person. You know what really flips me? Real low-down, funky broads, <laughs> nasty, bitchy, hot shits. <laughs> the kind that when she enters a room, it's like a blinding flash announcing the presence of the world, re-brazen in public. If you ever run across any bras that look like neon lights, send them my way. Send them your way? From now on, I'm in business for myself. The little boy is heard screaming and bawling up the street. Oh, here comes that little prick again. He walks up, still bawling. <laughs> go on and swing on a live wire, will you? <laughs> Ma, please let me go with you, please. My dinghy, it's... 
Arthur grabs the boy by the throat and squeezes it, snarling. Her teeth, cl- uh, her closed teeth ba- uh, bared and her eyes bugged. She picks him up by the neck and hurls him to the ground, squeezing hard all the while. His face turns blue. She continues to squeeze for another 15 seconds. She then throws him to the ground, picks up a garden shovel lying near the bush, and begins oh to dig behind God. it. <laughs> Not here. It'll attract dog shit. There's enough turds rolling around here as it is. Arthur chooses another spot further back near the building, (laughs) digs furiously, picks up the boy, throws him in the hole, and shovels the dirt on top of him. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. You're a good head. Even if your name is Arthur. Arthur finishes shoveling and comes back to where Bongi's loitering. A low-down, funky broad passes. Hello, you beautiful low-down, funky doll. The doll continues walking down the street. Bongi and Arthur follow behind her. Hey, you like to meet my sister? Why not? Oh, yeah, why not? I have an eye for the ladies. By this time, they're out of sight. What's the other eye for? Whores? Their voices fade away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So those are selections from Up Your Ass. Yeah, just AKA straight from up. Cradle to the Boat. Straight up chuck. Or The Big Suck or Up from the Slime. Yep. Yeah. yep. The yep. last yep. 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 scene ends with someone choking a child to death. Burying them behind bush. some bushes. What the fuck is going on? I implore you read the whole thing. Yeah. It is not a hard thing to find. This is hilarious. Uh, really, it is a wa- it really it took a lot of strength to not just bring in the entire script. <laughs> we could do a we could do a, uh, uh, a reading on the Patreon of the yeah. whole thing. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah, or we could just put on a show. A Mount, live um, show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, write us in at <laughs> no, profilesofexcentricity at gmail.com if you want to see us uh, perform this live. Yeah. On stage. You got like 10 grand handy. We can oh, whip together. We're going to get to later <laughs> on, like when we get to the legacy of Valerie Solanus, we're going to talk about this place some more. Well, no, oh. I mean, right now, the legacy, at the very least for us, is a t shirt that says Amalgam- Amalgamated Ass Watchers of America. That's exactly right. <laughs> we're all members of the AAA. <laughs> amalgamated Ass Watchers of America. I've been a member my whole life. <laughs> what, if, what if we amalgamated into? <laughs> like, there are very specific <laughs> reasons I, tr- I was like, these three scenes, like, the fact that, that like, that straight up opens up with just like eh, yeah, you fucking whore. fucking gross you don't want to fuck me you bitch <laughs> it's so insane well what a bitch she doesn't oh want to fuck me can't believe just want to try it out she's you don't want to fuck me I'm a total stranger because oh. they didn't want to try it out yeah. that's yeah. why she's mad at least she's I don't mad. wear gold eyeshadow to an l- afternoon luncheon <laughs> she's goosing me with her eyebrow hey officer officer I despise <laughs> oh I despise him ooh you know what I'd love to be? It's a lesbian. <laughs> you can't be a lesbian, you idiot! Fuck! <laughs> Shit! So she took this play and sent an unsolicited copy to, an, to uh, an unsolicited copy to Andy Warhol in the late 1965, never actually ever having met him at this point. At way to all. go! Way yeah. to go! Good move. Yeah, good for her. She fucking yeah. went for it. And on February 9th, 1966, she wrote to Warhol, "Quote." Dear Andy, would you please return my script up your ass that I left with you some time ago? Thanks, Valerie Solanus. Jesus. Right to the point. Yeah. 
Uh, by that time, she may have already started writing the Scum Manifesto, and we'll get to the Scum Manifesto in a second. According to her biographer, she wrote the manifesto. Uh, it started in 1955 and copyrighted it in 1967. Wow. Uh, it's noted that Valerie published an outline of the manifesto in the Village Voice in February of 1967. Huh. She likely finished the original draft in May and completed the revised version in late June. Uh, in a postcard, uh, her father dated June, ni- uh, June 14th. 67, she wrote that she was nearly finished writing it. So wow. we're going to expect that by the end of June, this thing was written. Um, although there's no outline uh, in the voice, there are a number of ads in February 67 uh, in which the quote scum book appears to have consisted of her play Up Your Ass and an article she wrote earlier for men's magazine Cavalier. So I just like I have a couple of like you'll see I have like uh-huh. village voice ads here, which I'm going to read. I'm just going to read them. Uh, scum Society for Cutting Up Men <laughs> presents pre-production reading of Up From the Slime by Valerie Solanus Wednesday. February 15th, 8.30, uh, admission by contribution, copies of Scumbook, Up From Slime, and A Young Girl's Primer on How to Attain to the Leisure Class uh, will be sold at, uh, for, at the reading for $1.50 a copy. And that's kind of just repeats itself, uh, except in this one it says, listen to Valerie Solanis on Randy Wicker's interview show, um, which was probably a radio program, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like a talk radio program from 67. Uh, Tell me, uh, why is it uh, you want to cut up these men? What's that about? (laughs) If you're just joining us, we've got some broad here that talks about (laughs) cutting up dudes and she's goosing them with their eyebrow pencil. It's the the Wicker Hour. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're just joining us. It's 12.54 in the (laughs) a.m. We have Valerie Solanis. Solanus? Uh This one's pretty ridiculous. Uh, this one, I'm just going to read this one because uh, it's got all the names of the people that are in the cast in alphabetical oh, order this yeah. time. Uh, so they present up from the slime. Uh, every day except Tuesday and Thursday, Director's Theater School, admission by contribution, cast in alphabetical order, Harold Anderson, Donald Egema, Egema, E-G-G-E-M-A, Egema, or Egoma, uh, Bonnie Greer, Marcus Sam Ridge, Gary Tucker, and Barbara Wallace. Wow. All right. There's yeah. a lot of characters for a small cast. There yeah. had to have been some doubling over in sure, there. Sure, yeah. Um, Gary Tucker's involved. We're both spade cat. <laughs> and again, <laughs> and again, you can't all be spade cat. Multiple uh, ads in the Village Voice telling people to listen to her on the Randy Wicker interview show. Huh. Uh, Randy Multiple Wicker, ads. he had everybody back then. That was the show to be on. (laughs) The Village Voice telling you to listen to Randy Wicker in the 1960s. Holy shit. 6.90 a.m. Yeah. It's Randy Wicker, dude. (laughs) What did you say your name was again? (laughs) We got to go to traffic. Salinas. Um... So a young girl's primer that I mentioned in the article that she wrote in sixty in the sixty six uh, interview uh, issue of the men's magazine Cavalier. The title was using Cavalier, however, was for quote pain. The survival game gets pretty ugly. Was like what? Yeah. Damn. The Cavalier editors added, quote, how a nice young lady can survive the city. The easiest way to be comfortable is flat on your back. Mm hmm. Uh, in the article, Valerie wrote about her life, supporting herself by panhandling in order to free up her time for writing. Uh, before she copyrighted the Scum Manifesto, though, in uh, 1967, she also held scum meetings. So <laughs> Me too. <laughs> she had a scum that. meeting on my carpet every night. <laughs> she advertised one. I got a... Uh, I have to read this one. This one that she uh, put in the bulletin section issue of uh, of the 
April 27th issue of The Voice. Valerie Solanis, Scum, Friday, April 25th, 8.30, for Ben House, 575 4th Avenue, men, 250 women, dollar. Oh, that's dope. There we go. Hi, I'm here for the uh, scum meeting. <laughs> I'm the scum. <laughs> the you pay extra. Not, a, you know, there were quite a few men, notably like uh, gay men, yeah. that joined her cause because ah. of people that were mostly hurt by men that are like... Right. Yeah. But, and these were also gay men that had no problem being completely subservient to a woman. Right. Like yeah. they, they understand that mm. all men are scum, including ourselves. Yeah. So we are your servants. Honey, yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Can you like build a cage for my cock? Yeah. Do you? Can you make a ball gag for my sack? Yeah. I like, can you make I, a cock-shaped I, ball can, gag? Can, yeah, yeah. can you uh, make some kind of boner detention center? Yeah. <laughs> for, for what, my, if I, what if I boxed it up without boxing yeah. it? Can you make a gimp mask for my penis? You remember during the Spanish Inquisition how they would make those cells a little too small so it was just you can never like sit down or stand up. Can you do that for my cock? Can yeah. you make an Iron Maiden for my hog? You know the man in the Iron Mask, but for my dick. The man with the Iron Hog. Yeah. Um, I am. Iron <laughs> oh man, Avengers uh, Endgame. It's still in theaters, Avengers Endgame, seen in IMAX. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but it sounds a little bit like uh, like she's got a very Woodhall. It's a very similar set of thing like Woodhall. I'm going to milk these assholes yeah. and yeah, prostates yeah. for yeah. all their worth. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, and also a lot of, um, okay, like here's how to grift. Yep. And uh, also... I mean, let's talk about how how these guys really suck, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then grift them more. Which is, you know, I mean... I mean... It's kind of crazy that this is an eccentric profile because everybody should have been saying this. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody was an alcoholic. Everybody was oh, an abuser. Yeah. You know, like, we will get to like because there's so many reasons why this deserves to be a profile. Like, let yeah. alone from the fact that she had a fucking she had a child with an old sailor that became known as Merman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, Merman needs a, yeah, uh, a profile. Yeah. I, could, well, no, I, I really desperately looked for more information on him and really couldn't find anything because there's also like a famous uh like a black uh a black author also by the name of david blackwell huh. so like yeah. everything i looked up i found him i couldn't find anything outside of the very few yeah. valerie solanus yeah. like biography things that i read for this yeah once remain anonymous I, underwater. I, i'm a big fan of the the old sailor being like Maybe my parents can help out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Uh, you, want me, you want me? To, I'm just an old sailor. I, I'm not I, even I, a sailor. Do you, do you think that? Uh, do you think that like his grandparents, like Merman's grandparents, were like, "Oh, listen, your dad was an old sailor, and uh, he actually fucked a fish." Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're the you're Got the spawn it. of yeah. your father, the old sailor, and, and the woman of the sea. Yeah, so. That's why you're the merman. Yeah. Wow. Actually, like, yeah, that sounds right. Uh -huh. That's exactly right. That I'm is, a merman. Exactly right. I am a merman. I am the merman. I think of myself as something of a merman. With my old sailor father figure, <laughs> right. and he didn't raise me or nothing. But you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I consider I, myself somewhat of a mythical creature, crossing the line between aquatic and and uh, terrestrial I, 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 uh, man. Cro crossing the road, uh, chicken of the sea. Uh, uh -huh. my, you know, like I'm really you know the chicken or the egg, the old sailor or me who came <laughs> first. I don't understand. Joe, did you? Even <laughs> Joe, did you ever live underwater? <laughs> Joe, you ever move into a tank with a dolphin that you got to jack off at least twice a day? Because it gets breathless while you're teaching it social studies? Yeah. Hello! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> You couldn't say the M's. Tiger grip. I can just imagine me like, I'm like hearing it talk in my head. Twist the um, shaft, grab the balls. <laughs> um, oh my God. 
What are dolphin balls filled with? <laughs> dolphin balls are dolphin filled with nut. what every balls are filled with. Nut. Pee. <laughs> <laughs> pee is stored in the balls even in the aquatic uh, arena. That's exactly oh right. That's exactly right. Well, I was just thinking it could be seen that. <laughs> chlorine. <laughs> chlorine. <laughs> Chlorine is stirring the balls. <laughs> yeah. no. For the tank. Uh, so, so. <laughs> so stupid. So, so Valerie. So Valerie. Let's go back to Valerie. So she continued to, she continued to harass Warhol and others in his circle in order to get her play produced. I love that. So good. I love that. Anybody who so, harassed Andy Warhol. In addition to Warhol, the people she contacted included Louise Thompson, who ran a theater group, Gene Feist, the founder of the Roundabout Theater, Paul Krasner, like the comedian and editor of the avant-garde publication The Realist, uh, Ralph Ginsberg, an avant-garde uh, of avant-garde magazine, Ed Sanders, the owner of Peace Eye Bookstore, and one of the founder of the of the band The Fugs. Oh, oh. Uh, and Robert uh, Mammerstein uh, from The Village Voice. So it was uh, photographer Nat Finkelstein who first brought. I know Nat Finkelstein. <laughs> I know, I know these fucking names. The um, curliest mustache <laughs> and just like <laughs> tight little, his balls tight, hair, tight little fro. I mean, so, so yes. Nat, Nat Finkelstein was the first person that brought Valerie to the uh, to the factory. Yeah. Uh, Valerie reportedly met Bridget Berlin's sister Richie, and Richie gave her Finkelstein's number. This is it's all just people, people, people. Right. Uh, Warhol would later comment that he thought her script was so dirty that she must have been a cop. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, this is the dirtiest smut I've ever read. You a cop? Oh my God. Did you interview a fucking 100,000 whores or something? Jesus what are you, a fucking, fucking cop? Bingo. <laughs> She's a fucking narc. So, uh, the she writes like a narc. <laughs> the biographer Foz uh, noted that Warhol, quote, listened to Valerie's statements and put some of them into his movie, which infuriated oh, him. Oh, yeah, just like a man. Many of, her like lines, many of her lines appeared in Women in Revolt clearly without her permission or approval. So um, Somebody I got have... goosed by an eyebrow yeah. pencil. <laughs> and she's like, you want to see a woman in revolt, pal? I, have... I got your scum right here. I got your scum right here. And I don't want any fucking ceviche. This guy's using my lines. Put it away, pig. <laughs> Sound like a pig. Nat Finkelstein Is there a way for me to play something like audio? Yeah, or... yeah. just play it and just hold your phone up to that mic. Okay. So this is a clip from Andy Warhol's uh, film I, a Man, that uh, was the uh. only time Valerie Solanus was ever... Uh, Published? Like, Well, no, no, or... in, in one of his actual... Got sure, it. She's this is the only piece of Andy Warhol footage that she exists in. Wow. Oh. So... Was she, and she was in this with permission, I'm assuming. Yes, okay. she was in this. Was she, she in was... a can of Campbell's soup? <laughs> no, she... For a birthday party, she comes out of a can of Campbell's soup. Happy birthday... You got a squishy machine? Can you go inside? I want to talk out in the hall. No, I, I like to 
Say John Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> New Jersey voice. How would you like to be squishy all over? Uh, you can give me a massage. Did you ever want to be squishy all over? You just feel that. I mean, what do you think? Did you ever want to be squishy over here? Squishy over here? <laughs> Not really, no. I mean, if you can give me a massage, I want to go in and uh, go into your place. Do you have it by yourself? Why? Why? So, yeah, so that goes on for a really long time. That, that, that's like a, that's a full, like, seven and a half minutes. Every conversation back Which, then was 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Easily, uh, that's easily, you can find that on YouTube if any listener wants to go and watch the clip. Just look up I, a man, Valerie Solanus, and you can huh. watch that full clip. But, I mean, how was scripted was that? Because it just sounds like two sounds improv Sounds like just a conversation, right? Trying to fight each other for screen I don't think very. Time. I think that was like a very big thing about like Warhol's yeah. like films was very kind of just like the camera's on go. Yeah. Like huh. it's on go. He wanted just uh huh. Capture. Was it you that was telling me about like Bob Dylan? Like that was yeah. totally like fuck this War- guy. Warhol like, would he would f- try to film everybody who visited his place. Mm-hmm. And so one time Dylan showed up and he tried to film him. And Dylan was like sat there. He's like, what the fuck? I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's trying to ask him questions. He's like, I don't know. What do you think? You know, it's just like <laughs> she's responding like with shit like that because he just he hated the guy. He just uh, hated hated Warhol. Yeah. I can see it, why. Yeah. It seems like he. Would be a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, like we talked about that in that one. When he's collecting everybody's piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these fucking uh, weird shaped couches. But yeah. also, I mean, you know, there's a lot of really cool shit swirling around Warhol. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. There's cool shit swarming around a black hole too. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's good. Well, no, but I mean, you know, it's. I mean, you know, Basquiat and stuff. That was all like Warhol kind of, you know, trotting him out. You know, I mean, it is, you know, a lot of stealing other people's shit. But yeah. 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 He yeah. seems like an insufferable cunt. Yeah, but, like, yes. you know what? It, he <laughs> pro- definitely was an insufferable cunt. But I will say, in his defense, in the defense of taking lines from uh, Up Your Ass, if he truly thought in his brain was like, this isn't a real person. This right. is just like, a, if you really thought it was a cop just trying to be it, like, yeah, yeah, it would did, make sense. Yeah. It's like, well, there's some pretty funny shit in here. Yeah, I, mean, right. I may as well use some of it. What would the cop's game be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to infiltrate. I'm going to st- steal this cop. I'm gonna, well, I was probably <laughs> trying to, would be trying to out Warhol as a pornographer at the oh, time. Ah, that does make sense. Ah, or sodomite. I mean, you think about, you think about like the kind of crazy shit that would go down at the factory. Right. Yeah. Like it, but, uh, the amount of drugs mm-hmm. and sex that would go down to the factory Blasphemy. on a daily basis, and she, but these other people too that she's sending it to. There's a blasphemy. lot of people she's. she's it was a crime in yeah, New York. Yeah, those until, like, films were a blasphemy. <laughs> Jesus, I a man is blasphemy. Oh, I don't. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> the other people that she was sending it to, though, I mean, did they get interest? I mean, no, because that's that's a lot of people she sent it to. Well, she like bothered people about it to be like, hey, I sent this script to Warhol. Like, and oh. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, nobody else from any of these other theaters or anything no. wanted to do it because it's no. it's good. No, it's not bad. It's not. It's really not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's, for that time, that kind of beat hippie layover yeah. time. Right. Yeah. It considering was really, it's if you're really not getting that done in the village, envelope, man. You know, like, like it. Yeah. 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 But um, but you know, you send it. She because of the her work on the streets and f- foisting money for conversation. 
I mean, it was probably nothing for her to bother people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was just yeah. she was practicing. Yeah. 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 So um, so Valerie had contacted Maurice uh, Giro Diaz. I have no idea how to say this name. G-I-R-O-D-I-A-S. Giro Diaz. Giro Diaz. Something Greek. Something like very, very <laughs> Greek of the Olympia Press. So oh, obviously yeah, very Greek. Uh, about publishing her writings after seeing an ad in the back of the Olympia Press paperback asking for authors to submit works. Uh, on August 29th, 1967, she signed a contract with uh, Olympia Press, which specified that she would get $500 as an advance on royalties of a novel she agreed to write for them. Oh, huh. uh, the is, contract is that also a lot of money back then five hundred huh. bucks. I mean, yeah, I feel like money. it's a yeah. decent advance, especially yeah. if you're like living on the street. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Shit, it's probably like ten grand. I mean, or even now, yeah. as a, like, if someone offered me, if someone offered me five hundred dollars to write something now, I'd be like, yeah, phone yeah, God, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, an yeah, insane yeah, amount yeah, of money to me. Five hundred bucks. That's like fifteen hundred conversations, right? It's a lot of little kid insults. I like the fact that she's still giving kids insults. Even she still has office hours at the playground. Yeah. So. This contract also included the first refusal rights on her next two book-length works. She later claimed that Warhol had promised to produce her play and to make a film of her scum manifesto starring her. Wow. Uh, but that her contract with Girdias prevented this. In those Greeks. Gen- those Greeks. In uh, January 68, she sent Girdias a note giving him permission to publish scum manifesto, and she did not intend to write a novel. So he's, she's like, take this. I'm not going to write you a fucking book. Take this. Wow. Publish yeah. it. So with the $500 she was uh, she was advanced from Giardias, Valerie traveled to California where her sister Judith was living at the time. She was there from January to about mid-February. Uh, while at her sister, she continued to write to Warhol. I have... These are quotes from her letters. <laughs> On January 25th, 1968, she wrote... Dear Andy, you asked me twice where the unsigned scum manifesto contract is. Would you like to have it? I'll sell to you for twenty thousand. I'm dead serious. Huh. On Feb first, she wrote, I really do believe that if you didn't have your lies plus deception plus notarized affidavits, you'd shrivel up plus die. <laughs> plus On, die. Yeah, she wrote the plus sign. I, I have to do you have yeah, to. Yeah, you do. Uh, on February seventh, she wrote Toad. If I... <laughs> hey, Joe. You have a fuck with the toad? Fucking, he called him a fucking toad. He went toad mode. He went toad mode. <laughs> toad, if I had a million dollars, I'd have total control of the world within two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Was he just hey. like reported to have $15 million or something like that? I have no idea. Uh, you plus your fellow Toad Giardias. Oh. Parentheses, two multimillionaires <laughs> working together, control only bums in the gutter, plus then only with relentless, desperate, compulsive effort. Oh She's, my God. God. She must have been typing angry. Such just a hater. God, I love God, it. God. On She's February 10th. I've got two more, I think. Were the two more letters? Two more letters. And they get increasingly more. Yes. So on February 10th, she wrote, You can shove your plain fare up your ass. I now have a little sum saved, enough for not only plain fare, but a few other things as well. Uh-oh. On February 11th, she wrote, 
Daddy, if I'm good, will you let Jonas Mekas write about me? Will you let me do a scene in one of your shit movies? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my. <laughs> I just imagine I fucking love her. Andy Warhol I reading it, like, eyebrows up. Like. I fucking love her so much. I really do. You let me be That's the one that, that I was like, that was the moment where I'm like, well, this woman's my hero. Daddy, if you let me do this, can you let me be in one of your movies? Like, your shit movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is reading him for filth. Yeah. She is like, fuck this fake motherfucker. Toad. <laughs> Toad. <laughs> if I was a multimillionaire, I could control the world in weeks. Opening statement. Toad. Toad. <laughs> I'd like to address uh, Congress. So, um, so in late May, Valerie left a message at Ed Sanders' bookshop, The Peace Eye, saying that she wanted her manifesto returned to her. She also contacted Cavalier Magazine in late May with the idea of writing a, quote, lesbian at large column (laughs) with no success. She clearly felt ignored by Warhol and the others, all of whom were men, all, every single one. She would later say that she shot Warhol in order to get his attention, that talking to him was like talking to a chair. Wow. Wow, yikes. Oh, boy. So in so I shot the chair. Yeah. So on May thirty first, sixty eight, she approached Fred Cra- up Fred Paul Kasner. I I don't know where I went. Fred came from. <laughs> Joe, get your shit together. Hey, Joe. So she approached. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing great. Thank you, baby. Hey, Thank Joe. You. Who the fuck is Fred? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking Fred Schneider. To be honest, I think my mom, my mind went to Fred Schneider. <laughs> toad. <laughs> toad. Also a toad. Valerie is called. Him a toad. Um, a Chrysler. <laughs> Tin gun. Shot it. Um, so, uh, um, it's as big as a toad. <laughs> um, uh, on May 31st, 68, she approached Paul Krasner and asked him to borrow $50 that to, to loan to her. Uh, he did would she, later. Give him a... He gave it to her. And he would later speculate that she used this money to buy the gun that she would use to shoot Andy. Uh, as the shooting was only a few days later, though this is most likely untrue. Why is that? Uh, so she had kept a gun at the uh, the artist Mae Wilson's house, who lived next door to the Chelsea Hotel at 208 West 23rd Street. According to Mae Wilson's son, the... Um, uh, he's a writer to William S. Wilson. Quote, Valerie asked to keep her laundry, not her gun, under my mother's bed. But believe me, May Wilson not only knew that the cloth bag did not contain laundry, she sometimes pulled it out to show people. <laughs> Check out my wife. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. My dirty undies. This is a word. The gunshipness of the gun being obvious when the cloth of the laundry bag was pressed against him. <laughs> Uh, Valerie, your, uh, your your laundry looks like a magnum. <laughs> so in the details of the biography... What do you use to get it like that? Uh, her activities... Be- in, the, in the biography, her activities before she... that like, led up to her shooting Warhol, everyone's got a different account of it. Some people have her first showing up at uh, Giardias' office before making her way to Warhol's office. Uh, the biographer notes that the more likely story, uh, the one that kept up your ass and the scum manifesto with this... Uh, um, at the center of her thoughts, it places Valerie at the actor's studio at 432 West 44th Street early in the morning. 
uh, play in hand and her gun in, and her gun in a carpet bag. She arrived at the studio eager to secure a, a producer for Up Your Ass, <laughs> hell bent on finding her a rightful place for her play. So wow. according to it, according to the biographer, um, actress Sylvia Miles states that Sol- uh, Solanus appeared at the actor studio looking for Lee Strasberg, uh, asking to leave the play for him. Uh, Miles said that Solanus, quote, had a different look, a little tousled, like somebody whose appearance is the last thing on her mind. Miles told Solanus that Strasberg would not be in until the afternoon. And then Miles said that she accepted a copy of the play from Solanus and then shut the door because I knew she was trouble. I didn't know what sort of trouble, but I knew she was trouble. Damn. She then, okay, so she traveled then from the actor studio to Crown Heights, Brooklyn, that's far. That's yeah. like that's a that's a fucking trek. So she when she's she produ- probably walking hard the whole time too. Just yeah. <sighs> so she traveled to producer Margot Fiden's residence in Crown Heights, uh, as Solanus believed that Fiden would be willing to produce the play as like because she'd produced kind of like the right. uh, feminist uh, indie stuff at the time. Uh, so she talked to Fiden for almost four hours trying to convince her to produce the play <laughs> and discussing her vision for a world without men. Uh, wow. Wow. Great. Throughout this time, Fiden repeatedly refused to produce the play. Uh, and according to her, Solanus then pulled out her gun. <laughs> and when Fiden again refused to commit to no, pr- producing the play, get it Solanus responded, you dumb fucking bitch, I'm not producing your shit play. She responded, yes, you will produce the play because I'll shoot Andy Warhol and this will make me famous and the play famous and then you'll produce it. Wow. Wow. As she was leaving, and then I'll be Fiden, on a podcast in the year 2019. <laughs> yeah. And as she ready, ready for this baller fucking move, as she left the the Fiden's residence, she handed her a copy of the play uh, and just, and other papers. She goes, "Here you go, take it. It's like it's gonna be a thing. It's going down. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah. like you're gonna want to know also, me. Also, why are you so squishy? Yeah, 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 you got a squishy ass. You got a squishy machine in here. What are you doing? Yeah, what do you do with your ass? Why is it so squishy? Want to be squishy all over? So, I, I, but I, I like the idea of her just being like, okay, it's just one person at a time. You're going to take it. You're going to take it. You're going to take it. And then I'm, Andy's going to take a bullet. And then, then yeah. oh, that's, that play and will then, be worth and something. Then, <laughs> you, you don't get it yet. Yeah. Yeah, you you, will, get you it yet. will get it. But you will get it. Yeah. <laughs> so then after she left, Fiden frantically called the local police precinct. Uh, oh, my God. Andy Warhol's precinct, like the one that would be in the area for the where yeah. the one in his was. building. That he made? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, it's, it would have been the police HQ in Lower Manhattan okay. is where it would have been. Huh. Um, and the offices, she also called the offices of Mayor John Lindsay and Governor Nelson Rockefeller to report what happened <laughs> and inform them that Solanus... You gotta hear the shit. They gotta issue Warhol! <laughs> Not soon enough! <laughs> <laughs> Did she, Sorry, she wanted to inform them <laughs> Over the that she was going to shoot Andy. And Sorry, then in some instances, number. the police responded that, quote, I, I'm going to do this in a cop do voice, it. too, yeah, because yeah, this is, yeah. you can't arrest someone because you believe she is going to kill Andy Warhol. That's pre-crime. We're not there yet, you stupid fucking bitch. We can't, even, we're not here in Minority and Report. Also, we're in New York 1968, you dumb fuck. Your are, you ready? are you ready for this misogyny, though? Because this is genuine oh, no. misogyny. Oh, yeah, I love the it. cops also responded with, listen, lady, how would you know what a real gun looks like? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You, you probably think fucking... it's laundry. It's 
Does she show you her whites? Stick to what you know, sweetheart. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is a fucking Tide Pod. And then, <laughs> and then in, in 2009, Fiden, uh, in an interview with the, with the Times, Jesus Christ, Fiden said that she knew Solanus was going to try and kill Warhol, and there was nothing she can do to prevent it That's now. That's so scary. She knew that, this was going to happen now, and there was nothing in the world she could do to prevent it. Imagine, imagine just, just knowing that's going to happen, thinking about Andy Warhol living his dumb ass life. <laughs> his fucking blonde bob. His square couches. His bad like, wig. Wearing, wearing his sunglasses wigs. inside. Fucking asshole. He's, he's walking the down, down the upstairs. You're like, what the fuck? So, or yeah, being, the, being, the, being the mayor tumbling, and getting that. Tumbling down the up escalator. <laughs> Why is you're doing you doing so much dumb stuff. Can we take a real quick Absolutely. break? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're we about to get to the shooting. All right, all right. Yeah, we'll... let's say we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. From the break, everybody. We're back. Everybody's uh, got an empty bladder. We all our balls are empty. <laughs> our <laughs> balls are empty. We squeeze the pee right our, out of them. Our camel humps are fucking depleted. And <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to get right back to it because we are we are at the climax. We are here. Oh, yeah. We're climax. at the moment. At the climax. The the at time. the Philip climax of the story. Uh, so now after after she she ditched on her friend was like and her friend was told by the police lady. Yeah. You know what a gun looks like? Uh, so Valerie then ventured to the factory, uh, which was on the sixth floor of the Decker building at 33 Union Square West. Can you tell us a little bit about the factory, what was going on there? So the factory is where everything happened. Like, that was, like, the Warhol epicenter right. of, like, uh, well, even though the factory had moved, um, there, there was, like, three different locations of the factory. Like, this is, like, the one. Like, and it was one... kind of about mass-producing art. Was that why it mass- was the factory? It was the factory. And it was, was it also kind of, like, a collaborative place where a bunch of absolutely artists. Okay. Okay. anyone that was like tied to like that Warhol verse like they right. all did their shit at, at the factory yeah. Warhol was the one that made the money was able to have the factory so that he can like have all these other uh, outsiders coming which is why someone like Solanus was very attracted to the idea of working at the factory and being part of this right because she's like I'm an I'm an uh an underutilized voice in this world right. like yeah listen to me yeah. I know I'm funny I know yeah. I'm clever. I know I have a voice. Mm-hmm. I want to be part of this that's clearly like of this machine that's got the world talking. Right. right. Everyone yeah. knew who Andy Warhol was at this point. Yeah. And the nice thing about artistry is that it comes in different shapes and sizes. So you can join it without ever actually, you know, when I moved to L.A., I first moved into a fake consignment shop that was a front for legal hostel. <laughs> And it was Jesus. It was a warehouse downtown at Ninth and Olive. I think you were human trafficked here, I dude. Be, it almost feels like it. But it was called. He's quote, on consignment. You were you were human furniture here, man. <laughs> oh, oh no! Had my uh, Jesus fucking Christ! I, I thought you were. I didn't. I thought you were French Canadian, not an Ottoman. I couldn't come until they told me the secret word. <laughs> Uh, but I was, in, but it was called artist housing, and what right, the, it attracts right, right, a certain right. type of person. Right. Yeah. And so I think for like for her, she shows up. She's probably not there that that often. But what is it? What's one more weirdo? Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. No, I just wanted to give people a little bit of background. No, on that no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. People uh, might not know. And also, not I know. wasn't totally familiar. So yeah. Like, um, I, I'm an idiot. Um. <laughs> so so she arrives. At- 
<laughs> she arrives at the factory and she waits outside. Um, not not exactly sure exactly what time she got there, but she'd been waiting. She'd uh-huh. been waiting there for a while. Uh, and then the uh, Paul Morrissey, the director of many uh, Andy Warhol produced films, including like The Blood for Dracula. Oh, really? Uh, and A Feast for Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was uh, Warhol. This is Paul Morrissey no directed shit. that. Yeah, um, tied to uh, Warhol. So yeah. anyway, uh, he arrived and asked her like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Like, "Hey, uh, what's going on?" She replies, "I'm waiting for Andy Warhol. I'm here to get money." Huh. <sighs> Uh, and Morrissey tried to get rid of her by telling her that Warhol was not coming in that day, and then she, her reply was, "I'll wait." So at two oh at two p.m. she walks upstairs. Uh, she went up into the studio. Morrissey told her again that Warhol was not coming in and that she had to leave. Uh, she left the the factory, but rode the elevator up and down until Warhol finally arrived. <laughs> Baller move. Yeah. So oh, good. see you later. Uh-huh. She's gone. Yeah. So ran into <laughs> ran into Warhol on the elevator. No. Oh, oh my God. Warhol gets in the elevator. They ride it up to the factory together. They go in together. Andy compliments her on her appearance and that she was as she was uncharacteristically wearing makeup. Huh. Uh, Morrissey told her to leave, threatening to beat the hell out of her and throw her out otherwise. Yeah, she's oh. dealt with that before. Fuck you, Dad. The phone yeah. rang and Warhol answered while Morrissey went to the bathroom. At 4.05 p.m., while Warhol was on the phone, Solanus fired at him three times. Holy fucking shit. The first two shots missed, but the third went through both lungs, his spleen, stomach, liver, and esophagus. Wow, what's she shooting from the ground? Was she in a prone position? <laughs> I got a couple of them magic bullets. <laughs> left, <laughs> right, left. <laughs> I know a couple of magicians <laughs> fucking from wild. Cuba. Now, and was there a second shooter? Or Did this factory have a grassy This is no one <laughs> bullet. This is one bullet that right. they do through they, his they, body. They do, you know, they do swerve I'm, I'm inside Dennis the Arena. body. If you know anything the thing about is, magic bullets, please call us. The thing is, if you're getting a squishy body like that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're squishing your fucking lungs are next to your esophagus and your fucking Jesus Christ, the fucking it's anal fucking, cavity it's is all fucking right there. It's a fucking bounce house in there. So after that, uh, it's, a, it's a nut butt buffet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy looked like he had a fucking bukkake baptism or something. What the fuck? Is after shooting uh, Andy, she then shot uh, art critic Mario Amaya in the hip. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and while I'm at it, you're tasteless. And then, and then, I don't like your reviews. And then she tried to shoot Fred Hughes, Warhol's manager, <laughs> in the head. Oh! But her gun jammed, yeah. and then Hughes just said, "Just go, just leave." And then she did. Wow. She just left. Leaving she be- shot that asshole Paul leaving behind, <laughs> yeah, exactly. leaving behind a, a paper bag with her address book on the table. Warhol was rushed. <laughs> Here's some evidence. I love her, Here's but wow, what an evidence. idiot. I know. What an idiot. Uh, so Warhol was then re- rushed to Columbus Mother Cabrini Hospital, where he went in a successful five-hour operation. Fucking A. So. Wait, so wait, can you go through the what yeah. she hit again? To both lungs, okay. spleen, so, yeah. esophagus. Both so. lungs, spleen, stomach, liver, esophagus. I she think she this was also a case of like, the bullet exploded. Like, yeah. oh. It might have been like the bullet shattered. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it like, went into all these different places in his body. <laughs> yeah. Bing, 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 bing. 
bing, 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 bing. Those old bullets. Yeah, like, this is also remember this apart. is 1968, through it goes in and then goes everywhere it wasn't the murder science and if he and if like if like he got shot i think he got shot like in the side yeah yeah but it's kind of amazing she missed with the first two yeah she only needed one because it was going to do everything so so after this she leaves the factory and she walks into the Times square police station at seven eight o'clock turns herself in hands over the gun and confessed to the shooting telling police that warhol quote had too much control of my life Oh, yeah. Wow. She was printed and charged with felonious assault and possession of a deadly weapon. The next morning, the New York Daily News ran the front page headline, Actress Shoots Andy Warhol. I'm a writer, too. (laughs) Solanus Solanus demanded a retraction of the statement that she was an actress. (laughs) The Daily News changed its headline later in in a later edition and added the quote from Solanus stating, I am a writer, not an actress. (laughs) Perfect. Uh. So um, not everyone was devastated by the news of the shooting. Um, Governor Rockefeller. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Wait a minute. Artist Ben Moria, uh, who was the co-founder of the Black Mask Group that later became the uh, Up Against the Wall Motherfuckers Group, uh, was a friend of Valerie's. No shit. This is a quote from Ben uh, Moria. Quote, After she shot him, I wrote a pamphlet supporting her. I may have been the only person who did that publicly. I went up to the MoMA and handed it out there. Everybody I met was very negative about it. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are too negative, man. But hey, I dislike Andy Warhol immensely, and I loved Valerie. I felt she was right in her anger and that he was way more destructive than she was because he was helping to destroy the whole idea of creativity in art. Some people Mm. dislike the term, but I feel that creativity is kind of a spiritual act, a profound thing for people to do. Warhol was the exact opposite. He tried to deny and purge the core of creativity and put it on a commercial basis. Fucking A. Fucking A. I mean, you know, is it crazy that the founder of Up Against the Wall Motherfucker was a big fan of (laughs) society for cutting up men? No, probably not. So. Probably makes sense. Ty, so funny. So good. Ty Grace Atkinson, the head of the New York chapter of the National Organization of Women, also took interest in Valerie's case. Um, uh, after the shooting, as did, as did the civil rights lawyer, Florence Kennedy, who volunteered to represent Valerie. She had previously represented members of the Black Panthers. Uh, Valerie, however, eventually uh, rejected both of their support. Uh, on August 5th, 1968, she wrote to Ty Grace, quote, I know you, along with all other professional parasites, with nothing of their own going for them, and eagerly awaiting my commitment to the bug house, so then you can go on TV, plus write press releases for your key people defending me, plus deploring my being committed because of my views. Remember, I want to make perfectly clear that I am not being committed because of my views of the scum manifesto, nor do I want you to continue to mouth your cultivated banalities about my motive for shooting Warhol. Literature. Your gall in presuming to be competent to discourse on such a matter is beyond belief. In short, do not ever publicly discuss me, <laughs> scum, or any aspect of my care. Wow. Just don't. When Valerie also refused to, to cooperate with Florence Kennedy, Florence resigned. Keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah. So at her arraignment That's in the Manhattan fantastic. Criminal Court, she denied shooting Warhol because he wouldn't produce her play, but said it was for the opposite reason, that he, quote, has a legal claim on my works. 
Solanus told the judge that it's not often that I shoot somebody. I didn't do it for nothing. Warhad tied me up, lock, stock, and barrel. He was going to do something to me which would have ruined me. She told the judge she wanted to represent herself, and she declared that she was, quote, right in what I did. I have nothing to regret. <laughs> the judge struck her comments from the court record. Oh, wow. And had her admitted to Bellevue Hospital for psychiatric uh, observation. Oh, Yikes. Keep your so eye on this one. She was originally, Valerie was originally indicted for attempted murder, assault, and illegal possession of a gun. Ruled as insane after psychiatric tests, she spent the next five years in an out of mental hospital. Oh, my gosh. Escaping twice. Yeah. Yes. That, well, nice. yeah there's a lot of escapes from those I places. love that. What kind of treatment did they... Uh... I That I didn't look in. I, I didn't get into that. I truly... It's. I mean, I'm not going to assume anything good. No, it no, never... No, shock never, treatment. Never, I, I, lots I mean, of animals. So I was going to say, we're, I mean, we're also in the late 60s. We're probably talking talking sexual orientation corrective mm -hmm. treatments yeah, yeah, of yep. like shocking her while showing her pictures yeah. of naked women. The that power was, of dick compels you. Literally, yeah, that's I mean, what they would Bellevue do. Bellevue especially. Bellevue. Was, yeah, yeah, Bellevue yeah, was bad. Bellevue was a nightmare, yeah. a nightmare factory. Yeah. Ah, factory. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, Maurice Gia uh, Giardias published the Olympic press edition of the Scum Manifesto in the summer after her arrest. Wow. Valerie was initially sent to the Women's House of Detention and then assigned to Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, New York. Psychi psychiatric tests at Elmhurst included an IQ test, which she scored a 131, Ooh, placing damn. in the top 2% of the population. Yeah. Shit. She was diagnosed as schizophrenic, <sighs> chronic, paranoid type. In August 68, she was transferred from Elmhurst to Matawan State Hospital for the Criminally Insane by the court with a diagnosed, with diagnosis of, quote, paranoid state with affective features and emotional instability. You huh. crazy bitch. <laughs> In December, she returned to court with, uh, and a $10,000 bail was set. Uh, Valerie's friend, Jeffrey Laguerre, Le paid the bail. She was to be free. She was free for the time being. The bail in her custody situation prior to that point uh, was detailed in the Village Voice by Howard Smith in a scenes column, which I'm going to read for you. Uh, Valerie Solana shot Andy Warhol, nearly killing him last June. Uh, charged with attempted murder, carrying a concealed weapon, and assault, she was committed to Matawan State Hospital by the state Supreme Court. Uh, when a mental quote, when a mental patient, when a mental patient facing criminal charges is to be recovered enough to understand the charges and participate in their defense, they are released to a court. Madawan returned Valerie to court on December 12th. Obviously not satisfied with her release, the DA's <laughs> office asked for a re-examination. Judge Schweitzer ordered another psychiatric evaluation and uh, by a court-appointed doctor and the bail at 10000 uh, let's skip ahead a little bit here. Uh, not even aware that his attacker had been released, Andy Warhol answered on the phone Christmas Eve and was horrified to hear Valerie demanding to see him. <laughs> uh, Valerie, demand, uh, Valerie demanded to see him. He handed the phone to Paul Morrissey, who said... <laughs> Who says <laughs> he's right on the end? He's always he's right. You oh. fucking bitch! That's, damn ya! Take it up with Morrissey. It's gonna be um, a feast for Frankenstein. You, <laughs> so uh, the he blood said of that, Dracula runs warm tonight. It's actually a feast for the creature, Frankenstein. With the doctor. It's actually Frankenstein's monster, you dumb bitch. <laughs> According to Morrissey, she demanded that all criminal charges be dropped and that Warhol put her in more movies. Yeah! <laughs> you know, things could, we could work not this out. Not only that, not only, wait, wait, 
all, more movies, buy all of her manuscripts for $20,000, and arrange for her to appear as a guest on, on television shows. Various. Oh, I like Dick Cavett. Fuck Morrissey says. Sanford and Sons? What are you up talking next, about? Up next, our next guest shot Andy Warhol. <laughs> Morrissey then said when he explained that they didn't like have they didn't have anything for her to and they wanted nothing to do with her. She replied with, I can always do what I did before. Whoa. Miss twice and get lucky once. <laughs> yeah. The DA's office informed of the call, went to court and got a warrant for her rearrest for aggravated <laughs> harassment. Jesus. But the cops couldn't find her. <sighs> Uh, oblivious of the warrant, Valerie came into into court on January 10th, the date that had been set uh, when she was let out on bail. This time, her bail was revoked, and she was uh, remanded to the Women's House of Detention, where she will stay being reexamined. On January 10th, her next court appearance, it will be decided whether she is to stand trial or be sent back to Madawan. That's from the Scenes column, huh. uh, b- written by Howard Smith. So... <laughs> like I said, she was rearrested in January for uh, fucking harassing him yeah. more. For yeah. like, I'll come fucking shoot you again. Death threats. Yeah. More yes, fucking so. death threats. Um, Paul, take this. So she <laughs> oh, went, Paul, it's for you. She was eventually, like I said, she went to women's detention <laughs> and she was transferred back to Elmhurst and then again back to Bellevue in May. Jesus Christ. More enemas, more so, straitjackets. On June 9th, while she was still in Bellevue, uh, Judge Culkin sentenced her to three years, including time served on a reduced charge, uh, quote, reckless assault with intent to harm. You say Culkin? Yes, wow. Culkin, as in, it sounds like Macaulay, like I don't Rory? know of any, re- as in, <laughs> as in Kiernan. And he weirdly um, put her under house arrest? What? <laughs> was she alone? Uh, was, she, yeah, was she by herself? Was she or? home alone? Uh, uh, all by her, Joe Pesci showed up, uh, it was nuts, he was a cop and then he wasn't, um, he was a cop with a gold tooth and I knew there's something fishy here. Um, the voice from the Wonder Years is there? <laughs> Uh, so in in May 1970, Valerie was then transferred to Bedford Hills for a few weeks before being transferred back to Matawan. Literally getting bounced everywhere, just like when she was a kid, getting bounced around yeah. in homes and yeah. schools. One abuser to another. She's probably beating the shit exactly. out of nuns at yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where's your god now, you bitch? Now we're in. <laughs> now we're all the way, Now we're in 71. She's still getting bounced around. She escaped from Matawan and was on the run Fuck for two yeah. months. On June 16th, she was recommitted to Matawan. Later that month, she had served her full sentence and was discharged permanently. Right. So. Walk straight to the factory. (laughs) (laughs) Once free, Valerie continued with her threats and demands. Fantastic. In one la- in one letter dated first uh, of August 1971 and uh, sent to Barney Rossett, the editor of the Evergreen Review, Maurice Giardias, Robert Sarnoff, uh, who was the chief executive of RCA. Wow. And uh, multimillionaire Howard Hughes. Oh, <laughs> noted piss freak. She claimed. <laughs> This is nuts. She claimed to have been kidnapped, demanding $50 million for her release and the publication of the original Scum Manifesto in the Daily News. Classic kidnapper move. She kidnapped herself, dude. (laughs) (laughs) On November 5th, 1971, Valerie shows up at Barney Rossett's house with an ice pick threatening to use it. Holy fucking shit. Ice pick? That's not good. She was arrested, charged with aggravated harassment and held for psychiatric observation, uh, but released as there was insufficient grounds to keep her. She was arrested again in December 1971 for harassment and sent back to Elmhurst Hospital for psychological testing. 
Elmhurst certified her as mentally ill and recommended that she be sent to a secure state hospital until recovered. Barney Rossett uh, initiated criminal proceedings against her, and she entered Dunlop Psychiatric Hospital on January 21st, 1972. She escaped from Dunlop in early February. She was rearrested while approaching the Grove Press offices, and a court date was set for March 22nd, 1973. Amazing. This is a decade of harassment? A decade of harassment. Yeah. That's the next her next play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After up from the scum or up from the slime is a decade of harassment. <laughs> she continued her harassment of Barney Rossett and Fred Jordan, who is the vice president of the Grove Press, claiming in one missive that oh, I love this one. Quote, you knew where I was when I was in front with the ice pick because of a <laughs> quote transmitter in my uterus. Whoa. Oh, that's not good. Barney and Fred's lawyer worked out now a that's deal. that's in the butt, right? Yes, that is exactly. right up the butt, right next to where the male prostate would be. Um, exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> nice. Barney and Fred, I love that their name are Barney and Fred, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is good By the shit. way. <laughs> got me a Chrysler. <laughs> Nickels and dimes. <laughs> hey, Fred, you got a crazy bitch coming in with a nice bitch. Um, <laughs> Barney, <laughs> Barney, she's gonna shoot Andy again. Okay. Um. So Barney and Fred's lawyer, Mr. Slate. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, worked out a deal where uh, she would not be released from Dunlop until she stopped harassing them. Wow. Uh, she stopped and she was released for the last time. In 1974, Valerie left New York for D.C., but then moved back to New York. She keeps bouncing all over the place. In 75, she goes to live near her sister in Florida. And then from February to October 1975, she lived in, She was in South Florida State Hospital in Hollywood, Florida. This would be her last stay in a mental hospital. Wow. Uh, after she got out, she moved back and forth between New York and Florida over and over. In late 75, she moved. Uh, she Noble. worked as an editor for the Majority Report magazine for about 18 months, where she reinvigorated some of the arguments and issues covered in the Scum Manifesto. Uh, in, about mid-75, in mid she had published her own edition of her Scum Manifesto after the Olympia Press went bankrupt and the rights reverted back to her. Very nice. Hey. Right? Silver lining. There's a really long interview I'm not going to get into here, but I really implore you look up her 1977 interview with the Village Voice. It's really wild. There's a really, really great quote in there that, uh, let me, I just want to read this one sure. quote as opposed to the entire Don't worry. interview. Uh, bu- 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 please tell me I still kept it in here. Um, shit, I didn't. Take your time, take your time. Just peruse through it real yeah. quick. I just want to, uh, I, I want to, you know, Talk about. I mean, there's a bunch. There's a lot to digest here. I. Uh, I mean, escaping from a mental hospital, yes. t- testing at near genius IQ levels. Yeah, that's really cool. But also schizophrenic kind of makes sense too. Of course, you, there's a, you're paranoid. There's a transmitter in my uterus. But yeah. you know, there's also a lot of people with high IQs are also schizophrenic. Yeah, because they're right. <laughs> yeah, there are. They are listening to you. There yeah. is a transmitter in your cooter. Right, but also, can you see, also see like somebody that's very smart being mistaken for schizophrenic because like. You know, you're probably talking to yourself a lot. Yeah. Uh, you're the only person worth talking to that's as smart as yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, and, yeah. it's kind of like you're like, uh, you know. I... And a lot of these treatments make you crazier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They destroy your mind. I mean, we, I want to talk about Rocky Erickson and a Patreon. Yeah. And he was a, a victim of dr- his own drug use. 
But then the fucking state hospital right. destroyed his brain. I mean, brain. yeah, yeah. Even even to the point of you know the obvious you know uh, lobotomy and stuff like. Early psychiatry was like uh, about avoiding the brain working. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, <laughs> well, stop it, stop yeah. it. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, and, and generally and stop still, it. Still, it's still kind of modern mental health uh, protocols still are very much about making it easier for everybody else around the patient. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna yeah. dose you mm, so yeah. that we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. So um, the quote that I was looking for is not in this interview, but I'll go I'll go through it really, really quick, because in this like she she basically uh, is talking to uh, what is it? The Daily News, the Village Voice, but like what she's like, how she's been, what she's been up to. And she like mentions that, oh, I've got a new book. I'm calling it Valerie Solanus and I have a hundred million dollar advance for it. Wow. Hey, wow. It's a lot of bread. So obviously not true. Um, She's I mean. The, the sections of this interview are her request, what scum, what she's been doing, her book, The Bullshit, which I'll, I'll read that. I'll read that segment. She's got a book named The Bullshit? No, no, no. A segment in this interview is called The Bullshit. Nice. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Valerie... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm making sure that this isn't okay. No, yeah. No, you are the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are the ones. <laughs> yeah. So she's basically in this. She's like 99% of all the things that they said about me were bullshit. Like right. nothing anyone is saying is true. You gotta listen. Not to an me. actress. Just yeah. me. I'm not an actress. <laughs> yeah. I'm a writer. Um, but the quote I'm thinking. Um, it's pretty much something along the lines of like, I have no regrets. Like the only regret I have was not doing target practice. Wow. Like she's like, oh, absolutely. I'm proud that I shot him. I have no regret. I just wish I practiced. I was aiming for his liver. She's like, I wanted to kill him. She's like, I, the only thing is my only regret is that I didn't kill the son of a bitch. Very Carl Panzram. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish you all had one neck and I had my hands on it. But (laughs) also technically I look at it like, cause Andy ended up dying like many years later in 1987. Um, from liver failure, but I really yeah, probably do, something. I do not only complications, but he was never the same person. Yes, right. He became an extremely paranoid person after that. Like barely was seen in public anymore after the shooting. Yeah. So it's like she effectively did kill him. Yeah. She mm-hmm. killed him. He was never the same person. Damn. Was never able to like in his own mental be uh, in a safe mental state in his brain ever again because of the fact that she was out running around calling and being like, "I'll fucking kill you." Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I'll fucking come to, I'll do what I did again and I won't yeah. fuck up this time. Sure. I'll yeah. find you, I'll kill you. It's a weird thing how sometimes like in a weird way mental health problems can be contagious like that? Yes, yes. yes like, yes. Th- a person can affect you in such a way that their bullshit becomes your bullshit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even though it's not, like, biologically mediated, her affectations became his. It's the movie sure. It's the movie Face Off. Yeah, or Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a pincer movement. Oh, it's, a pincer movement. <laughs> it's a moron sandwich. Um, yeah, with moron sandwich movement. with a pincer movement. But I was thinking slider. about like, it's we like a, event horizon for like your hyperversion, <laughs> you know, cascading outwards towards me. And, 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 and the pincers are clawing out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. Thanks. Um, 
So after this, this by the way, you could just look at like this is an extensive interview with her. That's why I'm saying like I'm not gonna get oh, into this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It is a extensive. long, long, long interview. <laughs> she's got nothing but time, and yeah. she's also you know she's paid for conversation. But then so. after that, after that, since it's a word, um, she then responded to the interview like after it was published. Oh, oh, oh she wrote in in the following week's Village Voice, oh, and this no. I will read. And for the record, this and I'll read. Another thing. So, Valerie Solanus replies. <laughs> Valerie Solanus has for some time insisted that she has been treated unfairly by the press, generally because she feels reporters' stories about her are usually inaccurate, to say the least. To allay those fears, we agree to print a response if she thought we had misrepresented uh, what she wanted to say in last week's interview. Space did not permit Valerie's detailed analysis of what <laughs> she felt went wrong. Don'ts! <laughs> What follows is what Valerie believes are the most important points of the criticism. She's got a gun to our head. Call for help now. <laughs> She's going to kill her. If you're reading this. Smith said in the statement accompanying the interview that I explained that there were no changes in the current edition of my tract, except me that this time I am the publisher. In fact, I said in the interview, which I have on tape, and also in the introduction of my 1977 edition of Scum Manifesto, that none of the of the corrections I wanted made were included, and that many other changes in wording were made, all for the all for the worse, and that there were many typographical errors, words that even extended parts of. Uh, I can't read the sentence; it got run off. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, next next paragraph. <laughs> paragraph uh, at the bottom of the column, you at the bottom of column two, you quoted part of my explanation of why I can get a of why I can get $100 million in advance for my upcoming book. I believe if Smith was going to quote that statement at all, he should have quoted the entire statement. Oh, the continuation of my statement quoted that, just look at it this way. You figure that this thing is going to sell international, right? And you got 4 billion people. Even a laugh. <laughs> Show me where I'm wrong here. <laughs> There's 4 billion people. You do the math. Even allowing that there are illiterates and all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Mongoloids, too. Yeah. Let's say they it, like pictures. Let's say it sells for $5. Then they'll only have to sell $20 million to recoup. That's all over the world. And then uh, don't forget that there's going to be the plagiarisms, easy money, the paraphrases. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they love recouping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spitman's easy money. <laughs> Boy, That's all they need the is the recoup. It's the paraphrases and the paraphrases of the paraphrases of the paraphrases, etc., etc., etc. So they're really oh, buying 25 bucks. Then there are the movie rights. I mean, that's not nothing. That's history's greatest bargain. <laughs> I mean, $100 million for the world's best-selling book and movie? Yeah, not exactly a lightweight. I mean, sure, there's blinds, too, but they got to... <laughs> there's blinds? Yeah. The blinds? The blinds. Uh, so... Mongoloids, illiterates, the blinds. Not into toads. it, shorts. Even allowing for the blinds. <laughs> I mean, the come toad, on. toad. Toads love movies, um, too. Warhol's probably not going to see it, so what? So what? <laughs> Fuck them. In the bullshit section of my statement, I conceded that I shot Warhol. Uh, was It was the quote, I conceded that I shot Warhol, was printed as answer to the question, what kind of things were common lies that were said about you? This misrepresents the point I was making in conceding I shot him and also gives the impression I consider this concession worthy of mention. No one ever doubted this concession. Here is the context of the remark. 
I was saying that Giardias and Morrissey's remarks were taken by the media as fact. There was no Giardias claims that. Whatever bullshit Giardias or Morrissey fed the media was treated as fact. I said these people are my adversaries and they were regarded as neutral, objective bystanders. Yeah, uh, she's just, I mean, every, she has all this free time. She's yeah. going yeah, through every single... Yeah, and she's a paranoid single... schizophrenic yeah. Yeah. actress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Let me bitch. tell you, let me tell you. Actress. Paul Morrissey is no fan of mine. <laughs> and and like she said, she's like, I concede I shot him, but everything that people were saying about yeah, me is that's bullshit. that's not the point. The that's point. not the point. She right. probably wrote them 25 pages yeah. in response. Cool. Yeah. And the, and these are just like, the, like you, you one need page to give interview. Yeah. one page yeah. interview. Immediately after that passage, Smith quoted himself as asking me, you didn't want anything from them. And then quoted me as answering, this is so absurd. This is so fucking absurd. In fact, Smith said, <laughs> you didn't want anything from me, from them at that time. Smith's misquotation of himself makes my answer imply that I never wanted anything from them. Mm. And yeah, I know this just... to be fact because I have it all recorded yes. on the transceiver inside my a uterus. uterus. Yes. Yeah. If you just listen to my uterus, just you put will your hear... ear up to it. Yeah. Uh, in the same paragraph, I'm, paragraph I'm quoted as saying, "Quote: Naturally, Morrissey is going to say something that makes himself look good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I said <laughs> themselves, not himself. Ugh. Himself gives the impressions yeah. I consider Morrissey spoke only for himself, and that was not a spoke and was not a spokesperson for Warhol. All right. It's like yeah. Jesus, she's like. Yeah. But you know what? But she's not. I bet she's not wrong about sure, like what sure, she yeah. said in these well, interviews. She's not wrong. She's, she's just got kind an of IQ. an asshole. Right. I was yeah. say she's got an IQ of one thirty-one. I bet she remembers what she fucking yeah. said. Yeah. Right. Like, right. And she thought about that interview for a year before but, she but, did but, it. But, but burying yourself in the minutia is is really outing you to everyone as a total psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you, even if you're not wrong. Yeah, when let you, it go. When you, you know? when you do that. Are there are there any uh, are there any good uh, <laughs> any good line? Like, a, did you call anyone toads in there? Yeah, <laughs> um, any racist stuff? Yeah. Or... <laughs> any tips? <laughs> any tips? <laughs> any, any tips? <laughs> I'll just read the last bit of this. I'll just read the last bit of this because this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> but Valerie had many other complaints when she vented with us last week. Oh, visited with us. Oh, oh God. <laughs> she was there? She did both. But it said when she visited with us last week. Valerie had many other complaints when she visited with us last week. <laughs> During one of the arguments, she accused us of being unfair and journalistically immoral <laughs> because of her of the excerpts we chose to print out of... Um, you shot a guy, you dumb out broad. Of, <laughs> out of... Hours of interviewing. Oh, yeah. God, uh, that must oh, have they been. didn't take the choice. The choice cuts you, you wanted. Could have... Imagine being the intern, being this like, you got you to type this. This up. is the quote I was talking about. So, Valerie, I go by an absolute moral standard. Scenes. <laughs> you believe you go by an absolute moral standard. That's right. That doesn't mean it's ne- it necessarily is Valerie. You have often been unfair. I'm sure you're not a saint. Valerie, yes, I am. I don't rip people off. Compared to you, I absolutely am. Most certainly. Oh, yes, and you can put that in print. Valerie, do you want to get into a discussion now about shooting people? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, bitch! And this is the quote. This is the quote I was talking about. I consider that a moral act. I consider it immoral that I missed. I should have done target practice. Uh, That is great. Really good stuff. You know, oh, God, you know what good. my sin is? Yeah. I missed. I didn't I'm do not murdering him. Right? 
And he's, so. and he's in his apartment reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, mm. Shitting out his stomach. Mm. Yeah. She's just down the block, huh? <laughs> shitting in a colostomy so. bag. And now she's moved on to ice picks. <laughs> yeah, she's moving on. She's got an ice pick ready to go. Next thing you know, she'll move down to a, like, a sharpened stick. Uh, just, we're going to uh, downgrade yeah, yeah, to crude yeah, yeah. tools. Oh, yeah, toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, 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 a toothbrush shiv. <laughs> but she worked her way up from paper insults to yeah. guns, and then she's working her way back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had her pig. Yeah. Now she's got to yeah, have, like, yeah, the yeah. declining action. Yeah. The dull um, blank. <laughs> so uh, the edition of the Scum Manifesto that Valerie brought out was printed by the Majority Report. Their distributor, Joanne Steele, helped to distribute the manifesto, which was also advertised in the magazine. Despite their best efforts, the book did not sell. You don't. What Valerie, about the four billion people or whatever? Well, Valerie, a lot of them are blind. Valerie yeah. then told Joanne to destroy the remaining copies. Wow, really? Yeah. By late 1979, Valerie was missing. Her mother, Dorothy Moran, filed uh, a missing persons report uh, on her without success. From 81 to 85, Valerie was known to live in Phoenix, Arizona. Weird. Uh, Might as well be dead. <laughs> the address she used for the Social Security Department was um, the address she used for the Social Security Department was 620 North Second Street. But according to the biographer, she most likely lived on the streets. Wow. Um, this is a quote from the biography uh, about about her at this time. Um, it did not take long for Valerie to make her presence known there. A former Phoenix police officer and current writer, Bud Va- uh, Vasconcellos. Of course. Uh, Hi, I'm Bud Vasconcello, a writer. Also Phoenix, known by Arizona. his pen name, Bud Maxwell. <laughs> Bud Maxwell, <laughs> at your service. Gotta hear this Bud Maxwell piece. Yeah, well, you know, fucking Jesus Christ, this lady used to be named Biondo. <laughs> <laughs> Biondo. Can you believe that? Yeah, now there's fucking Dorothy Moran. <laughs> nice fucking um, out, pal. <laughs> so this guy spoke of his encounters with Valerie, which started in the early spring of 81. Uh, quote, the first... <laughs> Quote, the first time I ran into Valerie Solanus, I was working the downtown afternoon beat, and we got dispatched on the radio code of a 918, saying that there was an insane person, a white female in her mid-40s, standing in the middle of Central and Washington, wearing a nightgown nightgown, and crowing like a chicken. She was she was stopping traffic. Bud and his partner Rick Nassi drove to the scene, got out of their car. Valerie, gaunt and thin, was standing in the intersection barefoot, wearing a white nightgown that came down to her knees and wrapped in a thin white blanket. Mm -hmm. She looked like Casper the Ghost. Bud said, (laughs) "He really is a writer." (laughs) She wore the blanket so that others couldn't see her. What Mm. did she look like? But except this poltergeist wasn't friendly. So, (laughs) the the thinness... But you should be a writer. Ever tell you? (laughs) The (laughs) The thinness of the blanket allowed her to see out from underneath it, and as Bud and his partner approached, Valerie took off running. And the whole time, and quote, and the whole time she's running, she's going, caw, caw, caw. Horns are honking, people are looking, people are laughing, and I look at my partner and I said, I'm not chasing this crazy girl, are you? (laughs) He was kind of a laid-back cop, and he goes, nope. Nope. <laughs> Bud said that Fucking Valerie. Arizona. Let's go back to the station now. Bud said that at this time she must have just have arrived because he'd never seen anyone like her like that. Well, yeah. And encountered anyone like that before. Bet she pops up again. Yeah. So nearly every day for the next three years. <laughs> uh, we got a new regular Bud. Bud and his partner Jesus had some Christ. sort of interaction with Valerie. On several occasions, they saw her bathing nude or washing her feet in the fountain in front of the downtown library. <laughs> and they continued not doing anything? Yeah. Around three or four in the morning. Ooh. 
Whoa. Well, it's nice and cool. So yeah, she's can... you know she's not disturbing anyone. Yeah. It's the witch now. <laughs> she slept on park uh, benches in dark alleys, uh, roamed the streets, uh, crawling and frightening business people that worked in the offices downtown. Good. <laughs> Uh, Excellent. Good. Freak out the rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking freak out the I'm squares, that, man. Yeah. Fuck these people. Fucking freak out that. the squares, yeah. dude. So from all those uh, rich corporate <laughs> drones and cubicles <laughs> up against the wall, motherfucker. So after this, break she... yourself, Ted. <laughs> Daylight, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so after Phoenix, after Phoenix in '85, she goes up to San Francisco. Mm. Um, after a brief stay at the address of 149 9th Street, she lived in, ready for this one, lived in room 420 of the Bristol Hotel. Oh, Whoa. Dude. Uh, at 56 Mason. Um, in the 1990s, Bruce Boone, one of the founders of the new narrative literary movement in San Francisco, spoke to two residents of the hotel that knew Valerie. Wait, wait let me give, give the, me that. New narrative? Now I'm Bruce Boone, I'm the founder of the narrative literary... And the he, new narrative and literary you, movement. The new narrative literary movement. Very good. New narrative, like new metal. It's a movement. Yeah, it was NU with an umlaut. <laughs> so, the, the residents of this hotel told him that she supported uh, a meth habit through prostitution. Oh, no. It all sounds right. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, sad. this is gonna get. She's this still, is. She's this still is a young where woman. I was gonna say this is where this. I mean, we're 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. getting up As to they her say eventually. In yeah, this is the bad time. Yeah, this is the bad time. Uh, yeah, you can gloss um, over it. So during this time, <laughs> uh, the artist Ultraviolet uh, tracked. Uh, is that sal- like Prince's like alter ego? Or something? <laughs> oh, go fucking look up Ultraviolet because Ultraviolet's like this like really cool like feminist queer artist from like of that time wanted to figure out what the fuck happened to her. It was just cool. like I wanted I like to that. know. So she tracked down uh, Valerie Solanus in Northern California and interviewed her over the phone. Oh. According to Ultraviolet, Solanus was uh, then known as Owns Low. O N Z L O H owns low. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just a, a name you can pronounce. Owns low. Really? Who are you? Owns low. I am. I am owns low. Owns low. Daughter of Biondo. <laughs> first, daughter of Biondo. First of my daughter name. Daughter of Biondo. First of Daughter of Beyonder. Onslow, daughter of Beyonder. Lady of the room 420. It is you who seeks the stones. Praise it and blaze it. Um, A soul for a soul. Praise and blaze her name. Um, I'm Bruce Boone, founder of the new literary... Ah, we got some wild folks up here. So during this interview, Solanus told her that the the 1968 August version of the manifesto had many errors, unlike her own printed version of the October 1967 version. Does she have a list of grievances? And the book had not sold well. Right. Uh, she also said that until she was told by artist Ultraviolet, she had no aware that Andy Warhol had died. Wow. Uh, on February 22nd, 1987. Well, she wasn't reading a lot of newspapers. I mean, well, no, she was sleeping under yeah. them. <laughs> There's no time for I thought reading. he was just avoiding me <laughs> over that whole shooting thing. <laughs> So on. I mean, move here on, here's move the bummer. On. We're gonna. Here's the bummer. Well, so on April 28th, 1988, Valerie's body was found wow. in the room at the Bristol, taken from her biography. Aww. This is what it's saying. Uh, by April 25th, 1988, no one had seen Valerie for a week, and the rent was overdue. The supervisor at the Bristol Hotel, Lev Crazeman. Um, what? Lev Krasman. K R A Y Z M A M. Krasman. Hi, I'm your cool landlord, Lev Krasman. <laughs> yeah. Every room is 420. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the Bristol? <laughs> 
only have two rooms, 420 and 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you're you a crazy person checking in. Yeah. And, uh, and you can never leave. And, uh, <laughs> did you say your name was again? Lev Crazeman. Crazeman. All the rooms are 237. <laughs> what's, what's that short for? <laughs> Levi? Yeah. Maybe? Leviathan. It's Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> Love Crazeman. Love Crazeman. Um, so Lev Crazeman used. <laughs> He used uh, a skeleton key to unlock the room. Upon entering, he discovered Valerie kneeling on the floor of the one-room apartment. Her upper torso was facing down on the side of her bed. The body was covered with maggots. Oh! Joe! But the room appeared orderly. <laughs> yeah, with the maggots. Yeah, um, she wasn't that, alive like... to fuck it up. <laughs> well, I mean, also, if you're Lev Crazeman, <laughs> everything appears so <laughs> So she died in the praying position? I guess so. Well, wow. the, maggot, guess so. the maggots seem to have it under control. <laughs> Once again, the maggots Nothing save the day here. on this one. Jeez. Okay, um, so well, the police report, Kitchen, again, Kitchen misspelling mess, her name. Though. I despise maggots! <laughs> the police report, mis- this, this police report, Again, misspelling her Salinas. fucking like, no. This time, this time it's uh, Solanos. Oh, oh Greek. Uh, yeah. yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the the police report Krasemans. continued that uh, Krasman did not touch or move the uh, move Valerie, but opened an unlatched window in the room due to the foul odor. Aired out. Yeah. Uh, the coroner's report gave the cause of death as acute and chronic uh, aspirational bronchopneumonia and centru- uh, centrilobular pulmonary emphysema. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, she had fucked up lungs. Yeah, the report also, like I mean, Warhol. she smoked a lot of cigarettes. That was like, a, like an insane yeah, amount yeah. of cigarettes. Yeah. Crazy people love cigarettes. Yeah. Um, Valerie yeah. likely died hey, from an pneumonia brought on just... by emphysema is Damn. ultimately what they said. Ooh, um, yeah. So the police recorded Valerie's death uh, as the day Crazeman discovered her body on the 25th, though, you know, given the deterioration, her mm. actual death likely occurred a few days before. Right. Um, so she had knelt for days decomposing in her room. Is Damn. What, yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's an oh art God. project. Yeah. Now that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a scene to show up at the MoMA. So Woman Valerie, as maggot yeah, statue. Jesus Christ. Valerie was then cremated on May 9th, 1988. What did they do with the maggots? Uh, I'm sure. Uh, you know what? I'm sure they gave they them a bronze, proper burial. Mag- <laughs> they were bron- bronze maggots. They were all um, hired by the hotel. <laughs> at the request of her mother, her ashes were buried Jeez at St. Mary's Catholic Cemetery. Uh, in yeah, in uh, near her mother's home in Virginia. What was she? She was like fifty. I think so. Yeah, fifty-two. I think she Fuck. died. Yeah, fifty-two. Fuck. Um. After her death, Valerie's mother destroyed all of her belongings so that her daughter could rest in peace. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I was against it until you mentioned the rest in peace part, which is like, I kind of get it. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Move on. Um. So yeah. that that's the story of Valerie, but I want to talk really quick about the legacy that she left behind. Okay, absolutely. So uh, first and foremost, uh, in 1996, the movie I Shot Andy Warhol was released by director uh, Mary Harron. Oh, yeah. she did uh, American Psycho. American Psycho. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. And yeah. the notorious Betty Page yeah. as her oh. other famous movies. Oh, very cool. Uh, the actress Lily Taylor played her in the movie cool. uh, from The Conjuring. She's an ex- yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, and um, 
Andy Warhol was played by Jared Harris, who was re most recently in yes, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And he is, gives my absolute favorite performance of Warhol in any movie tangential really? of his life. I think it's probably the most spot on. The most one where I'm like, wow, what a fucking prick. Yeah. yeah. Like, he really, really? Yeah. He really, wow. I, I really, I love that movie because it allowed me, because I liked Andy Warhol, and then I watched that movie and go, yo, I fucking hate yeah. Andy Warhol. It feels, yeah. it feels good to hate him. Even it in, does. Even in Basquiat, Bowie plays him, and you're like, man, fuck this dude. Good. So she ended up winning, Lily Taylor won this, uh, a, um, a special recognition award for Outstanding Performance at Sundance for the film. Uh, she, Mary Harron, the director, requested permission to use songs by the Velvet Underground, but nice. was denied by Lou Reed. Wow, uh, really? Feared that really? Solanus would be glorified in the film. Which wow. she was, but yeah. fuck him. What an asshole. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck him. Six yeah, years fuck before him. the film's release, Reed and John Cale included a song about Solanus, I believe, on their concept album about Warhol, Songs for Drella. Uh, in I Believe, Reed sings, I believe life's serious enough for retribution. I believe being sick is no excuse. And I believe I would have pulled the switch on her myself. Wow. Reed believed that Solanus was to blame for Warhol's eventual death from a gallbladder infection 20 years after she shot him. Damn. Oh, yeah. Solanus sure. has yeah, inspired, yeah, sense, she inspired but... three plays. Valerie Shoots Andy by Carson Kreitzer. Starring, uh, starring two actors playing um, younger and older Solanus. Mm. Tragedy in Nine Lives by Karen Hoopert, examining the encounter between Solanus and Warhol uh, as and uh, as a Greek tragedy. Ah, wow! And star Juliana Francis as Solanus. And most recently, in 2011. Pop, a musical by Maggie Kate Coleman and Anna K. Jacobs, focused mainly on Warhol. Uh, Rachel Zampelli plays Solana singing the song Big Gun, describing described as the, quote, evening's strongest number. Wow. Hey. Very nice. Up Your Ass was rediscovered yeah. uh, in 1999 <laughs> and produced in 2000 by the George Coates Performance Works in San Francisco. Huh. The copy Warhol lost was found in a trunk of lighting equipment owned by Billy Name. What a name, Billy Name. Oh, Billy Name, forget about it. Uh, Coates Sam learned, Speed. <laughs> he learned about the, the rediscovered manuscript while at an exhibition at the Andy Warhol Museum, which by the way is in St. Petersburg, Florida. I've hey. been and it's great. Uh, I never knew that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's the Salvador Dali Museum. The Andy Warhol oh, yeah, Museum yeah, is I in Pittsburgh. The... Gotcha. When I was okay. there, there was a Warhol exhibit that was at the uh, Salvador Dali Museum. I have been to the Dali Wait, Museum. Wait, why the yeah. fuck is Warhol in Pittsburgh? I, I think that was where he was born. He's also buried in Pittsburgh. It's a factory town? Yeah, it's a factory <laughs> town. <laughs> Why? Fuck me! I do genuinely think Why? that that's his hometown. you like that joke? Yeah. You dickhead. It's a, it's a great joke, and it's, a, it's his hometown. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want. I don't like it. I don't like. I don't it. like. I don't it. like how it makes sense. I don't, I don't, I don't like those parts. Yeah, yeah. Every, those are the only things that make sense. Well, how, about, else. how about Dolly in St. Pete? Yeah, what exactly, the fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, That's a fucking crazy town. All I want is Pittsburgh as a museum of chop and baseball. That's right. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Thank we'll make you. it happen. We'll start a petition on change.org. Um, <laughs> So, uh, which, by the way, he discovered this around the exactly the 30th anniversary of the shooting. He discovered this. Really? This, uh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, Coates turned the piece into a musical with an all-female cast. Yeah, good. That's Coates. Coates. 
<laughs> Coates consulted with Solanus's sister say, Judith. Did you say Toad? Okay. Toad. Um, while writing the piece and sought to create a quote very funny satirist out of Solanus, not just showing her as Warhol's a- attempted She's assassin. She's definitely funny. Yeah. All right. Without without question. Very. Funny. The musical went up February seventh of in two thousand one. At PS 122. At a public school? At a public school <laughs> auditorium for the month of February. Fantastic. Wow. For, and you can get a ticket for $20. Yeah. Uh, men are 40. Yeah. <laughs> men are 40. This is pre 9 right? 11. So, <laughs> you gotta her legacy continues, man. Swedish author Sarah Stridesberg wrote a semi fictional novel about Solanus called Drum Falk. Felt, no, can't read that. Oh, the dream, fa- the dream faculty. Too drunk. Uh, the English translation being the dream faculty. Oh. The book's narrator visits Solanus towards the end of her life at the Bristol Hotel. Uh-huh. Stridesberg was nominated the Nordic Council's Literature Prize for the book. It's like oh, yeah. the Nordic, it's like the highest prize in all of the Nordics. All of pretty good. Highest prize in all of the Nords. Um, composer Pauline Oliveros released To Valerie Solanus and Marilyn Monroe in recognition of their desperation in 1970. <laughs> in the work, Oliveros see, seeks to explore how both women seem to be desperate and caught in the traps of inequality. Monroe needed to be recognized for her talent as an actress Solanus wished to be supported for her own creative work and in, uh, in 2017 an episode of the FX series American Horror Story Cult was entitled Valerie Solanus died for your sins scumbag wow <laughs> And she was portrayed by Lena Dunham. Yeah, Uh, the episode portrayed Solanus as the instigator of the Zodiac Killer uh, murders. Interesting. Yeah, really cool positing there. Really cool. What? Uh, And one other thing. That's crazy. Yeah, I like it. I do. (laughs) Well, you're a Libra. What? Huh? I don't know. Who told you you that? Are you Pisces? Now, Duh. also, she inspired a band called the Valerie Solanus. And I'm gonna spelled pl- anus? <laughs> so Not spelled anus. Spelled properly. I'm going to play a bit of their music for you, the Valerie yes. Solanus. Let me find the right Valerie Solanus died for your sins, you fucking scumbag. Yeah, that's a good line. I, great- I, am, I am annoyed with Lou Reed and his take on it. Well, he had a fucking album called Andy Warhol. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Ugh. The Velvet Underground, Andy Warhol. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you can't... wait, wait, wait. The Velvet Underground had an album called Andy Warhol. The banana. Yeah. Or is the banana. Yeah. Was it called Andy Warhol? I think it's, the album isn't is... it. No, literally... he, he, did, he did the cover, but the album isn't called Andy Warhol. No, no. Well, then that it might just it's... be his artist signature in this in the corner of the of the album. I mean, yeah. yeah. It might have just been self titled yeah. The Velvet Underground, actually, because it was The Velvet Underground, Nico. Mm. Yeah, but right. this get, is a get song. your name off there, Andy. This is, a song, this is a live performance of the Valerie Solanus, and the song is called Nightshade. <laughs> oh, good it's in tune. <laughs> hey, this is 3-4 uh, going into 4-5, uh, then into 6-1. And uh, tune tune accordingly. This is a blues riff and B. Now, this is live at CC Muse in Hosdenzolder, in I'm assuming Germany. Live in the CC Music Factory in Holsten, Germany. It's like the Germans, they do a different tuning. It's like a factory where they're fucking wailing on this jazz flute. Sitar? Oh, yeah. We'll be honored if you play jazz flute. (laughs) I stopped doing the Jethro Tower and I started doing this. 
This is also known as toad mode. I'm going to skip a little bit further ahead into the song because this changes. Okay. Okay. Hey, all right. Here's a beat I can move to. Oh, there's a dude in this band? Jethro Tull. It's all dudes, man. Really? Yeah, and they all paid 40 bucks to get into their own show. Crazy. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I just thought, yeah, I I thought that song was appropriate because of just how fucking nutso that flute is in the beginning. And then it just takes that turn like a minute and a half, and you're like, oh, wait, this just sounds like. The fucking Greta Van Fleet or some yeah. shit. Like, the flute has no business in uh, most music. I, no hey, offense hey, to all the hey, flutists hey, out there. Flutists, please. No, Flautists. no, no, not to me. <laughs> not to me. No, no, they're flutists to me. Flutists sounds gay. Flutists sounds like a gay thing. Um, <laughs> noise flouting the talent. Don't conflate me with anti-gay. <laughs> I, I'll conflate you though. <laughs> Yo, toad. 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 You probably told her how. You probably told her how. You probably stopped the toads from turning gay, you motherfucker. You, you homophobic. All right, this is the last. We're, we're, we're in the home stretch, boys. We're in the home stretch. Oh, He's a totophobe. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm at the end. I'm at the end. Okay. No, Bring it the, back to the I'm lily sorry. pad. I told you no. this was going to be a long one. No, 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 no. This is great. So, um, her role, Solanus' role, as a cult figure was solidified with the publication of the Scum Manifesto and her shooting of Andy Warhol. Um, People have explained that uh, after her arrest, she aligned herself with this historical avant-garde rejection of traditional structure of the bourgeois theater. Fucking yeah, she, a, she did. I mean, she became a punk. And uh, that her, yeah, her anti-patri- anti-patriarchal militant hostility pushed that avant-garde in radically new directions. Um... I mean, uh, I mean, the Clash sung about, you know, doing shit, and she was she actually fucking did it, right? Yeah, for better or worse, she, she tried to kill Andy Warhol. Yeah, some people is... actually have said that that assassination attempt in itself was a piece of theater. Oh, it was a piece I, of performance. I, I definitely yeah. think that's I mean, true. In her mind, probably. I think it, it even yeah. was in Andy's mind. It's like yeah. at the shooting, she left on the table. Like I said, she left a paper, the paper bag containing the gun, her yeah. address book, and a sanitary napkin. Yeah. So right. like, oh, it's like used? she, it's like something to say. Like she yeah. had. Here my props. Everything was a. Uh, yeah. This here are my props. This is for the Smithsonian. Yeah. You're yes. welcome. If it, I'm gonna be famous. Yeah. Take this. You'll want this for your records. Yeah, yeah. If it, it, here's all the character she's witnesses. she's smart enough yeah. to know. This might be I'm a little too advanced Andy for you guys. To trust me. I will go down in history as the woman that shot Andy Warhol. Your crazy? kids are gonna love it. If Andy Warhol got out of that without all of the terrible pain, he would have used that to promote himself. Magnificent. Yeah. Now, um, there was an artist, uh, last name of Harding. I, I don't have the first name here, and I don't know why I don't have it here. That's a, that's a misstep on my part. Um, Warren G. Uh, she's, uh, <laughs> Warren G. Warren G. That's, that's a reference to a local comedian's bit about Warren G. It's a, it's a level three um, boner is Harding. Right. So, um, this, uh, this person, Harding, had stated that leaving behind the sanitary napkin was part of the performance quote, calling attention to basic feminine experiences that were publicly taboo and tactically elided within avant-garde circles. You too yeah. will bleed, sir. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You too will bleed. So yeah. philosopher, Plug it up. Uh, yeah. feminist philosopher Avita Ronald compared Solanus to an array of people uh, like Lorena Bobbitt. Uh, uh, yeah. Also an artist. A quote, a, a female Nietzsche. 
Uh-huh. Medusa, Medusa, the Unabomber, and Medea. Not that Medea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are all very apt comparisons. Uh, comparisons. Yeah. Tyler Perry shooting Warhol. <laughs> uh, Ron L believed that Solanus was threatened by the hyper the hyper feminine world women of the world of the factory, uh, and that Warhol liked and felt lonely because of this rejection. Like, uh-huh. like she yeah. she's seeing like all these gorgeous, beautiful, feminine, like like how much he would put like the ideal feminine right feature like figure yes, on yes, camera. Yeah. Uh, and that pe- women like her didn't What really... about me? Well, well yeah, just like without yeah. Warhol did, uh, he put a lot of models yeah. front and center. Yeah. He was like, wait, you're supposed to be some sort of avant-garde, some sort of punk uh, artist? Right, and you're, yeah, you're just, yeah. Everything you're doing is conforming yeah, to it's the still, type. It's still, it's still Life magazine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so, like I said at the beginning of this, she has been credited with instigating radical feminism. Catherine Lord wrote that, quote, the feminist movement would not have happened without Valerie Solanus. Mm. Uh, she believe, uh, Lord believed that the reissuing of the Scum Manifesto and the disowning of Solanus by, quote, li- women's liberation politicos triggered a wave of radical feminist publications. According to Vivian Gornick, many of the women's liberation activists who initially distanced themselves from S- Solanus had changed their minds within a, like, within a year. Really? Yeah. So uh, they were developing the first, the first true wave of radical feminism. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, perceptions of Warhol were transformed from largely non-political into political martyrdom because of the motive for the sh- because the motive for the shooting was in fact political. Uh-huh. So he became like a fucking martyr for anti-feminism of like of like right. the, oh these fucking yeah, crazy see what, broads. See what happens you let them get guns. Yes. Yeah, all, all these steelworkers in Pittsburgh were like, you know, actually, I kind of like Warhol. You know, yeah. I really like his work. It's real, I think it's real avant-garde. <laughs> some, Give um, me some water. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's, that's, all, that's all I know. That's water? Water. So this is the last, the last, very, very, very last paragraph. Here we go. Brianne Foz, who wrote the biography, describes Solanus as a contradiction that alienates herself from the feminist movement. Foz argues that Solanus never wanted to be in movement, but nevertheless fractured the feminist movement by provoking now members to disagree with her about her case. Hmm. Many contradictions are seen within her lifestyle as a lesbian who sexually serviced men, her claim to be asexual, a rejection of queer culture, and a non-interest in working with others despite, despite a dependency on others. Also uh, is brought into question the contradictory stories of Solanus's life. She's described as a victim, a rebel, and a desperate loner. Yet Solanus's cousin said that she worked as a waitress in her late twenties and thirties, not primarily as a prostitute. And a fr- and friend Jeffrey Laguerre said that she had a quote groovy childhood. Solanus, uh, I don't trust that Jeffrey. Solanus guy. also kept in touch with her father throughout her life. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Despite the claims that he sexually abused her, so she believed that she embraced these contradictions as a part, as a key part of her identity. Right. And that is the it's, story. Uh, it's being an individual, right? And that's yeah. the story of Valerie Solanus. Boys. That was great. Joe. Thank you, Joe. Wonderful, Thank Joe. You. That was really good. That was great. Thank that was you. Crazy, crazy. I really love that. Um, that got nuts. That got rambly. That a true exception. Well, I mean, it's uh, but yeah, there's a thing there where it's like you know, uh, people want to remake your image yeah. because they want it to mean something to you in your time right. and, and your circumstances. Here's what I think and it means like, to me. Yeah, well, I'm not really going to adhere. And like, yeah, I still talk to my abuser. And like, everybody, right. everybody has like whatever their own fucking weird shit. Right. And. Uh, 
And I think that's like why she's, you know, ended up spending so much of the latter half of, of her years clarifying. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, I'm yes. not, no, I'm not this. Further record. You're not going to, you're not going to pigeonhole me into that. I, I didn't do that. Yeah. This was the, like, like, it was just like, I'm an individual. Yeah. And I have uh, unique thoughts. And that doesn't, uh, you know, appeal to the newspaper as much as it doesn't appeal to Andy Warhol. Right. And, you know, the fucking the cute model girls mm-hmm. that are selling cigarettes or whatever. Like, you know, I, I'm... Like I'm, Edie Sedgwick's I'm le- and others. Legitimately you know, doing right, weird, right. you know, freaky shit on the edge. I'm writing up your ass. And, 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 uh, how, how, how are you not diving on this? Yeah. It's obviously freaky, weird, yeah. beatnik, art. Yeah, but uh, also, you know, like if, you know, a normal person, what a normal person does. And listen, normal is not good. No. I'm getting that out of the way right now. Thank right. You. But Thank what you. a normal, healthy, well-adjusted, yes. non-hypervert. Yeah. Uh, Never uh, tasted piss. Not a stinker. Never. Not Never a stinker. Tasted and piss not a life. piss drinker. <laughs> what they do is go, oh, I'm clearly, sure she drank piss. Oh, dude, I'm sure she drank some piss. It. Yeah. She definitely yeah. drank some uh, piss. Funnel Bottoms up, turd bag. <laughs> you, 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 you don't... Piss is on the... toad. Piss is on the way. Now has drank piss for your sins, scumbag. Toad. P- piss is in the equation of meth. There's the trail somewhere. John, I'm so glad you've come around on piss being kicked no, up. I'm the notch. one that originally told you that. Oh, I wish you were dead. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking hit everything <laughs> in your body. No, I'm gonna. For the, rest, for the record, I was the one in episode 28 yeah, that said yeah. drinking your own piss kicks it up a notch. And I did not say that it kicks it up a notch. I said it kicks it at 0.8 notches, and that's what it. Mm. Go on. Next week, an Aaron Peter yeah. responds. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, yeah, that's ten, our new Patreon episode. Aaron Peter responds. He was the disbeliever. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's, exactly, that's exactly right. And I think that's uh, all there is to say about I, that. I really, I really love that story. Joe, that Thank was you. I, I mean, I, I think about like, so Warhol's supposed to be this counterculture guy. Yeah. And here's four pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Here's four pictures of Elvis. Here's tomato soup cans. Yeah. And you're saying everybody is thinks he's uh, the 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 brilliant idea that's changing counterculture I and know. I actually have an idea that is that is true counterculture yeah because there's no culture in it right and he won't take me because uh, but, I can't commercialize you saying bingo wants right. to fuck some chicks but also he would take on Basquiat right who was doing uh Heroin. You know, graffiti right and he wasn't <laughs> he was in noise bands and stuff in, in sure. the lower yes. east yeah. side but yes. like, he was good he was also a man Yes, but like, he was also yes. black. Oh, right, but and I mean, French. but I mean, he's still a man. He, he was, was a man. He was still a man. He was a man. There was a man. There was a man. There's and not many female voices that came out of the factory. A lot of female right. faces, but right. not a lot of female voices. They showed up in his right. stuff. A lot of yeah, female faces I mean, showed up in his work, but right. were not. Their voices ever, were pretty but, and, silent. But also, yeah. the idea that you know you're taking the straight up the written word out of her mouth. Not credited. Well, and, and so, that, that so is that, the issue: is that, that he did take what she said well, well, and repurpose it for his own. Yeah, <laughs> or Down syndrome. <laughs> Please. Well, the Chinaman did have a soul anus. But... <laughs> My God. I don't know what what. <laughs> what the soul stone? Is that a, a soul for a soul? A soul anus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One for what? But oh, lip shit. <laughs> but so that's the thing. So that means your art is worth it. Exactly. It's, right, right, it's right. worthy yeah. of being but stolen. When, when it comes through him. But when, right. yeah. Right. But you know, the, so you know your shit is good enough. 
Right. Yeah. But you're not getting any credit. You're not getting anything. It. And then you show up with makeup on and he throws you a compliment. And, and he goes, like, oh, you hey, look I, really I, pretty today. I'm yeah. sure, I mean, it sucks. But is there, an, and this is just a devil's advocate argument, is there an argument to be would. made that you it wouldn't, slut. because it wasn't that good in the first place, <laughs> that it wouldn't see the light of day without his stamp of approval? But see, the thing is, I, I mean, the two, the two are, are they're intertwined, hardcore, right? right? But I mean, like, the movie's called I Shot Andy Warhol. I Shot Andy Warhol. But like, the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that even when her play was like rediscovered and the guy with, the, who discovered it wants to put it on is like, no, she was fucking hilarious. This is. Yeah. Funny. This is, is satire. Funny. It is funny. And if you look at it us. from the gaze of like, maybe she didn't even fucking realize that she was writing really like cutting satire right. for the time. Right. That like it is good. Yeah. Like I read through the whole thing and it's not, it is incoherent. Is it but good it like is the room? also funny. No, like, no, no. It's legitimately yeah. good. Like yeah. it's funny. You can like, tell. It is funny. She had a, she has a lot, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's the reason why she, sparked radical feminism and not just like like timid feminism like it's the thing of kill all men fuck all men I don't care if you're gay I don't give a shit that just means that's two (laughs) men in a room (laughs) (laughs) fuck them she's she's truly like good really discounted queer culture she fucking hated gay men she hated it because she she couldn't think of anything more disgusting than two men together because it's men the power of two men imagine one man. She hates it. Two men. Wow. Hates it. Yeah. Hates it. But That's really wild. These guys are fucking what's crazy is the gay men that followed her, yeah. that really worshipped the ground she walked on. Yeah. Wow, man. That's fucking wild. Yeah. So they're showing up. Men to- have sex with each other? That is wild. <laughs> 250 a man showing up for the meeting. <laughs> two, two, yeah. yeah. Broads in for a buck. Yeah. And uh, the, she's like, I am super hostile to you. I do not like you. Uh, Get the fuck away from yeah, me. Yeah, you're disgusting. Um, you're but a toad. Also, yeah, you're a toad. And they're just like, I love you. Everything, you love, everything wow, you're that's, doing is yeah, so Yeah, you're cool. right. Is, I am yeah. a toad. I, I am, am toad. disgusting. Me, beat I am me. a pig and I am a man and I don't deserve to the ground that I walk on yeah. because men are disgusting. <laughs> it's that early idea of like the patriarchy has made all men terrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if we admit to it or not, we've all been conditioned by it, and we sure, all... Sure, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, these are, this, it's this, this is the early wokeness of men being like, yes, we are fucking disgusting. Uh, yeah, and, but like, I, I still, I'm, I'm thinking again, it is kind of crazy, there wasn't anybody being that hardcore about it, especially in a change Before period, yeah. like the 60s and stuff, you know, when, re- like, when you were more allowed to say those things, it was like, she's kind of a lone voice, right? Yeah. Like at the time, especially. Yeah. Well, it's always the crazy people first. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. because they don't care about what other people think. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I got, because like, like I said, I got into that movie because I was into Warhol at the time. And yeah. I see this movie, I'm like, oh, cool, what's this? Ooh, someone, I didn't know someone tried to kill him. Yeah. Let me see this. And I was, oh, fuck. And it just deep dove me into this world of her that, well, there's something, way more fascinating of an individual than Andy's like, yes, yes. You know, there is this thing when you're like a hopeful person and you're an artist or whatever, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound really jerk offy, but mm-hmm. if you if you see like that there is a factory, that there is a church of creativity, someone's doing that this. you can go to, 
<clears throat> and and then you feel rejected by yeah. the place that you go for solace. Yeah. It's presented to you uh, Salinas. Yeah, <laughs> so when you the place that you go for Salinas. But it's presented to you as the place where you can do the art that no one the the, the art yeah. community and then, does. Unless, like. it, and then, unless it doesn't fit in with what we think is art. That betrays you. Yeah. You feel betrayed exactly by right. if you feel that's betrayed, the Greek tragedy of it all, right? Like, right. The outsider exactly culture right. is exactly is right. you know the fucking you know you're too punk for the punk scene. Right. Or you you're know? not punk enough. Or the punk scene isn't right, really punk, right. and right. you are. Are you saying and she you're was not the, happy she was, about she was it? She was the anal cut. <laughs> she was. Yeah. She was. She was. She's the anal. She's the soul anus. The soul anus. She was. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, she can tell you every fucking typo. <laughs> Super <laughs> anal cunt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, we're going to say goodnight, everybody. Uh, Joe, thank you for thank being you, on the Joe, thank you, Joe. So you have much. Give me Twitter, Instagram, uh, oh, yeah, at, at Joe Charles, K A Y E, on all the things. Uh, follow me it's everywhere. Fantastic. Come hang out with me show. at Canteen Points. We love great you, Joe. Show. Thank you. Goodnight, everybody. Thank I'm you, John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Rapper Soap. Oh, and I'm Joe K. Yeah. Good night, Starbands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.